The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the city of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. time for another edition of the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Part of the Rotofanatic Podcast Network. Check out Rotofanatic right now and see the latest rankings from all of our analysts and the continuation of the High Low series featuring the High Man and the Low Man on Chris Bryant. It's episode 66, the Yasil Puig edition. The person that we are sitting down with today is known for his stomper projections. They've been used many times on this very podcast. Let's give it up for Steve Ballo. Join your host, Michael Govier, as Steve and Mike sit down to talk about Disneyland versus Disney World, insane fantasy takes, and how Steve comes up with his stomper projections. You'll be hard-pressed to find a sexier bald man than Steve, so get ready for some fun. Take it away, boys! Welcome into the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Rotofanatic Podcast Network. That's right. It's a pleasure to have you aboard. We are live on the air in certain realms such as Twitter and YouTube and uh, Facebook Live. That's right, of course. So it's a pleasure to be live. And for those of you that are hearing this in podcast form, thanks for listening. Always appreciate it. Don't forget you rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Always makes the show more accessible to others. And you know, we like to think that's a good thing. Today, it's just me, no Deary. It's Mondays. Deary's uh, not always available on Mondays. So you're just getting me and today's current guest in the continuing saga of information overload that we're providing to you the listener from every angle possible in the fantasy industry this is a guy that uh, we had on last year he was our third guest ever after mike curlin and zach braff and we talked and had a nice chat uh, he thinks he talks too fast but you know that's that's his own opinion it doesn't mean it's true 
This is somebody that we have used, and I've referenced a lot. I've used his stuff a lot on the show. We've referenced your Stomper projections many times. He's a California guy. He loves Disney. He's a sucker for it. It'll never go away. It's always going to be a part of who he is. But more importantly, his Stomper projections are used on our Shot or Ride the Pine segment almost almost every week here and there. We switch it up now and again with other projection systems. But we want to give him the courtesy that he deserves. This is the one and only Steve Paolo. Thank you, Mike. Boy, sure know how to make a fellow feel welcome, that's for sure. Oh, we damn well try, don't we? <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, I was actually just thinking about the first time that I came on. Uh, it was like, I think I looked back, it was like March 18th of last year. So I think, uh, you know, the basketball, those NBA games had gotten postponed, but uh, yeah. none of us really knew the extent uh, to which the proverbial shit would hurt the, hit the proverbial fan <laughs> in the coming You're months me, the rest of the year so yeah. it certainly is a different uh different world than when we last uh chatted so that i would say is an accurate assessment Steve, <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, how often do people call you steven by the way uh almost never uh yeah, yeah that's just not that's like an that. entirely different guy i guess yeah like there's a there's another steve at work who i have my day job who i have to interact with on occasion and and for better or for worse uh he, he goes by steve as well but the hr department set up all of his his email and everything else like within the company uh, as steven so i make sure to tell everybody no no, that's steven i'm steve that's steven you gotta talk you know he's like i'm steve too I'm like, oh sorry man <laughs> hey there's only one steve there can, there can only, only be, be one, one steve paulo yeah. in my world so. that's that's right. That's right, Spaniard. Watch out. <laughs> Woohoo! Hey, glad you're aboard, Steve. We're going to talk about baseball, believe it or not, today on the show. We're going to break down some, you know, some out there takes, our insane fantasy takes. That's something we like to throw at you once in a while. And I think that's a good song, you know? Insane I love it. Cypress Hill. Were you a Cypress Hill fan back in the day? I mean, I think at least as much as anybody who liked rap and hip hop in the 90s. Like, I was never deep into cypress hills like back catalog but i had at least one or two of the records albums cds whatever uh you know definitely a standard at parties but uh well, you famously said on the show last year <laughs> that you didn't listen to anything post 1995 so i was 95 or 96 uh and as i look well, back say, yeah. hey, did i say 95? i can play oh, back the tape steve <laughs> you don't have to you don't have to pull the receipts on me there uh this isn't a housewives reunion uh but uh <laughs> you know i think that if i really look back it's sort of what i most listen to you know, even today, it's basically my high school years. I think you and I graduated the same year. So it's like 94 to 98 sort of covers uh, most of the music that I still listen to today. I, you know, everybody does those Spotify end of the year. Hey, what did you listen to the most, you know, playlists and stuff. And, you know, my number one artist last year in the year 2020 was Toad the Wet Sprocket. So, you know, that's just. <laughs> that's right. I think I remember yeah. that. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's just, that's still what I do. <laughs> Hey, I did uh, All I Wanted, a karaoke once. So that was a good oh, there you time, go. So. Very good song. It was, it was, I did it. I sang it for a girlfriend at the time. So. Oh, it was kind of tough. It's kind of high pitch, so I, I didn't yes. quite hit all the notes. So. Yeah, that's not an easy. That's not an easy singer to to mimic. You know, it's not, it would. It's like I would never do Guns N' Roses karaoke because like you're just never gonna get it right. You know, that's so funny. I actually, <laughs> it's one of my standards was November Rain. I'm not kidding. Okay, so and that's I, weird. I, I can actually hit those. I don't know why. Uh, I get, you know, darling, when I yeah. hold you, don't you know I feel the same? You know, kind of like an <laughs> axolish type thing. No, that's not good. Bad. And I think that song, being the ballad, being a little moodier, you know, that that would do it. I think it can be harder to hit, like you know, um, 
Like jungle, when it gets way up yeah, on jungle, like exactly. that's impossible. I'm or, not going to hit that. Paradise City, everybody loves singing it, but nobody does it well, you know? No, no. <laughs> Some reason I always did, you know, November Rain reminded me of middle school dances. And of course. It was a long winding ballad of uh, our time, so. Yeah. I still say that if I still say that if if Guns N' Roses had released those two albums, Use Your Illusion One and Two, as like a single record, if they just had the best songs from those two albums on a single album, like that would have been the rock album of not just the decade, but like you know potentially of of the twenty or thirty years surrounding it. Like it really could have been amazing. But I think there was a lot of fluff in between the the good songs on those albums. So they hurt themselves by making it a double album. I think it's it's not a shocker to say that at that stage in their career, there was a lot of hubris to go along with all of the <laughs> drugs and whiskey, you know? So I think that they pretty much thought that they, uh, they could do no wrong and then proved themselves wrong. <laughs> they did. You're right about that. You know, it's hard to see the big picture when you're so famous and everybody loves you. So right. I understand what you mean. I'm looking forward to the opportunity to talk about these things with you on today's show. <laughs> We're, of course... Like I said, part of the Road of Fanatic Podcast Network. Check out RoadofFanatic.com. We got the week that was. It's a Monday we're recording on. It's a holiday. Uh, it used to be President's Day. Is it not President's Day anymore? It is. It's President's Day. Oh, okay. It as used far to be as someone's aware. birthday, and then they changed it to President's Day? Well, I think Day? it like was. We used to celebrate, when I remember as a kid, we used to celebrate both like Washington's birthday and Lincoln's birthday separately. And then I think at some point, possibly to make room, to make, make way for MLK Day, you know, instead of adding a holiday because you, know, you can't give people more time off, that would be no, social, no, that would be socialism. Um, so instead, they they combine Lincoln's and Washington's birthdays to to just President's Day. So I don't know when that happened. I think I think we were like young when that happened. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't care really either. It's more than more than we care to even talk about it right now. That's funny. Right. But uh, just beware yeah, what so, topics yeah. you get me on, Mike. I'll just I'll I'll just blabber about any topic. So you just oh, gotta you gotta watch. Clearly, out. that's what I'll do too. So. <laughs> I like talking to you, Steve. It's fun. We have a good yeah. time here on the show. And the hey, it's Rico Plazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. So like we said, check out the week that was written by Dave Funnel. He's a excellent writer. He was seventh overall in TGFBI last year, by the way. And people don't know that. That's a that's a nice finish. I mean, incredible. I, I would kill for that finish. <laughs> I think I was 250 or something. I think I was, yeah. I was the, I was, I think if I remember correctly, I said I was in the top half of the bottom half. So <laughs> I guess the, the, the middle fourth, right? Like, yeah, I said I, I was in the top end of the lower third. So <laughs> pretty much exactly. We're all rationalizing the best we can yeah, here. Exactly. You and but, I did not uh, yeah. do well. That's really the key. No, but I learned a lot. We learned, I learned right. a lot. In fact, yeah. uh, what is the one takeaway for you for this year? What you learned from that last year? Yeah, I think so. That was, I think, like you, that was my first attempt both at NFBC. It was my first attempt at, you know, an industry league of, of with any kind of overall component. Um, yeah. I, for a few years, have been in the real fake dynasty league with uh, a bunch of the people from uh, Friends of Fantasy Benefits and a few other groups. And, um, but that's a small, relatively small league. I think there's like 20 of us. Um, this was like a whole shocker of, of like changed kind of thought process. Um, I think one of the things that I realize is, is the, the construction of the draft, like makes a much bigger difference. I'm used to punting categories. Like basically I'm used to like, I know that other people are better than me in lots of ways. So I feel like if I, instead of concentrating on 10 categories, if I say off the bat, like I'm going to punt average or I'm going to punt saves, you know, like, you know, hopefully just one, but if it has to be, make it only one batting and one hit, you know, and one pitching then I can at least concentrate on, on other pieces. And, you know, sometimes stolen bases sort of gets easy to punt. If you don't get one of the speedsters early, 
do you really want to chase speed late at the at the detriment of power and average and everything else yes. but i realized when you've got that overall component like you can't i mean you can but you're not going to do well right you, you really can't punt a category so that changes my thoughts a little bit about really concentrating on on what what is what ends up hard to find at the end of drafts and really making sure you get that at the beginning um and I'm playing around a little bit in some of like the NFBC fifties and stuff with like how to do that. Right. Cause like in one, cause I think, I think what a lot of people will agree that two of the hardest things to find later speed and average, at least for hitters. Um, and so like in the last NFBC 50 I did, I picked Mondesi in the second round, which I'm sure lots of people will boo his Mondesi in the I second. I did that. I did that in the cut line. I did Saturday night. <laughs> okay. No joke. Yeah. I, took him so, I was like, oh, I'm not going to get yeah. speed again. And there won't be this. I just won't be able to get that kind of speed again. So I just said, screw it. I'm going. Well, that's it. the thing. So I started with Acuna. I had the one one So I started with Acuna. And then at the very end of the second round, so that two, three turn, I took Mondesi. Um, and then Kershaw to sort of start my pitching. But, but my thought process was, okay, if I if Acuna gets steals, like that's, that's part of his game, you know? And then if I've got Mondesi, who's clearly, it's like him and Trey Turner and then everybody else is in like the twenties and below, um, you know? So I kind of thought, well, I know Mondesi is not going to hit more. I'm you're lucky if you get two fifty out of him, right? A two fifty batting average. That was a good year. So I, you no, know, I just tried to, it's fair. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, you're not getting much out of it. If you're counting on anything over two fifty from Mondesi, you're just kidding yourself. But uh, yeah, you don't have a lot to support that. Yeah, no, it's, you might go with your gut, but yeah. Um, so I just figured, you know, then, then it was like more about watching, looking for guys that can, that can hit for average after that. And I don't know how well it went. We'll see. Um, especially when you get down, boy, I'm also wasn't used to the rosters being so big, you know, I'm used to playing, um, traditionally like, uh, fan tracks and like old school Yahoo leagues. And then most of my time before diving into NFBC and some of these things has been score sheet, you know, just simulation, which is just a whole different beast altogether it's mm. not uh it's not similar at all and no. like the idea of having to have like two catchers in your lineup it's like the way score sheet works sometimes you don't even have to roster a catcher if you're careful about how your your call-up squad works which is like a whole thing we you know don't have to get into the details but like uh yeah it's it, it was a different thing so having to um pay attention to some of the uh harder to reach stats and and lesser sort of beloved positions it was just an interesting uh, change of pace for me. And I know for most, you know, players uh, in the industry or whatever, that's, you know, normal for them. So, but uh, oh yeah, yeah, it was sort of a new world. It was a new world. It is yeah. a new world. And I'm excited for TGFBI 2021. We're going to be doing some mock T. We actually started a mock TGFBI draft on Rotofanatic. Uh, we did a monthly mock draft ever going back to October. And this month we made it a TGFBI version. So Deary's mm -hmm. in it too, because it's his first TGFBI. So that's in the fourth round. I got to check on where that is right now, but well, we're practicing for that. So. I should pay very close attention to what you do there since you and I are competing against each other in TGFBI. That's this right. Year, League yes. 10. Hell along yeah. With, along with, <laughs> along with uh, uh, nice. Along Lock with you know, in. Chris Towers and Andy Barons and Gene McCaffrey and a bunch of really great people. So yeah, and you can forward me, uh, to getting, who getting Gene murdered. McCaffrey was. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea who he was. So thanks for enlightening me on that. Sorry, Gene. I don't know who you were. I owe you an apology, but thanks to Steve Palo, I understand how important and powerful you now are. For me, it's just how scary. Really, it's it's more about just looking at the talent in there and knowing that uh <laughs> if uh if I can pull off something in the top half in the, uh, you know, sixth or seventh place in that league, I'll count that as uh, that's growth, you know? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that is growth. I love it. I'm all for it. I want some more of it. And I got to tell you, it's going to be a lot of fun. Maybe uh, 
when TGFBI gets going, we'll do like a TGFBI pod too. We'll kind of talk about our league and like do a, you know, like a short version, kind of a check-in and what we learn from our draft and things like that. That might not be a bad idea. I'd be all about uh, it. Yahoo! So <laughs> this is a show where we'll talk about some of the lessons I learned over the weekend from a cut line that I did. Mm-hmm. I, f- I did Razzlam last year, and this was like Razzlam prep again. Razzlam, I actually did better. I finished in mm. third in my league, which is nice. That's not bad. And, no, no, uh, that's great. And I missed both fab periods. So if only, who knows what I could have done if I would have maybe <laughs> oh, added fab, to my fab is a is a whole beast when you're not used to doing it, especially when it's. I got tripped up. I think by I was in Razzlam as well last year, and uh, also did. 200th or something nothing special and uh i think i missed one of them too because it came out of nowhere you know and it's one thing when you kind of have to deal with it every week so it's on your mind oh sunday night i gotta do this you know and then it was like oh crap i gotta like i don't even remember i gotta like look at who's available like you know because it's like the guys that you were looking at in your tgfbi fab run for the week like they're available but so are all the guys you know going back weeks and months and whatever and it was and the short season just i think threw everybody off too but yeah i'm in wrestling again this week this year we'll see how that goes but uh yeah. Well, the thing That's is, it has two periods, and right. it's not like the weekly Sunday night fab. There's only two of them in the season, mm-hmm. and then you get cut down from there. And cut line, for those of you who don't know, it's uh, basically best ball points league, but it has these cutoff points where you get put into like a consolation bracket at a certain point. It's essentially like a playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty cool. I, I really dug it. I like the format, and that's why I did the draft with Vlad Sedler on Saturday night. Mm. Shout out to Vlad. Thank you for thinking of me and getting me in there, of course. I love me some drafting so i'm always down for that but i gotta tell you i'm excited to talk about that and we'll talk about stomper with steve what changes he's made what he's learning from his projections if you've never listened to the show it's your first time ever yes stomper are steve's projection system (laughs) it's his very own all his we'll do some insane fantasy takes like i said uh talk about some 80 players with 300 or more gap that could provide solid return would you rather have a guy that you could wait on 300 picks later or the guy earlier We'll find out what Steve thinks of that. Ask him some questions about his fantasy process. Some shine or ride the pine. Emails, chatter, community nonsense out there in the ether and all that. But at first, we got to say thank you to everybody who's been supporting the show recently. And that's where we usually cue up the Belvedere music and do a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, by the way, we always ask this question, Steve. Is Mr. Belvedere a housekeeper or a something else? A butler? I think he's a house manager. I think that's a, a, a broader... <laughs> job than housekeeper and and butler you know he's a valet he is uh, a babysitter he's a nanny or manny i suppose he's uh, a chef right yeah, yeah. i think so yeah he's sort of a I, th- I think butler is a little more appropriate because i think that what we traditionally think of as butler is like answering the door and stuff that's really a valet so that's like one of the many jobs uh, of a butler so yeah he's a house manager i think if you have a home if you have a home where your yard is called the grounds you might have a Mr. Belvedere as a house manager. But if you don't, you probably don't. Do you have one of those, Steve? Uh, no, no. I live in a townhouse with my wonderful family. <laughs> I actually have grounds, but oh, they're not like my grounds. Necessarily. <laughs> we have a lot of space, though. You, there's a couple yeah. acres here, but I'm nice. renting. I don't even own this house, so they're definitely not my grounds. Gotcha. But uh, I want to shout out to everybody who's been really supportive over the last week or so to the show. All the guests last week, thank you so much. It was wonderful to have everybody on. Triple Play Podcast, Doug Ishikawa, Vlad Sedler, Sarah Sanchez, Rotosaurus. Uh, by the way, the Rotosaurus guys were also saying something 
that you mentioned earlier about how difficult it is to find average late in drafts, and that was something you can go back and listen to if you want to compare to what Steve said and what they said. Those episodes are all available on all standard podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio even. I hate iHeartRadio, but we're on there, and that's just how it is. So there's pretty much isn't a place you can't find us anymore. And if you want to watch these live streams like we're doing now with Steve and I, you can do so on our YouTube channel. You can just go over to YouTube and type in Palazzo Podcast, and you should be able to find it. All of our past live feeds are just stored there nice and simple and easy. And I also want to thank Mason Dodd. I know this is a lot of thank yous, but it got to be done. Mason Dodd, thank you so much. Uh, I was on his Fantasy Flock, which is a YouTube channel. It's called the Fantasy Flock Network. Check out his Fantasy Baseball Fantasy Flock channel, where I did five videos on various topics, like first-rounders to avoid, late-round targets, uh, starting pitchers to target, all kinds of stuff. So if you want to see me in video form talking with Mason about that, it's basically just me talking for 12 minutes. They're not very long. I would recommend you check those out. And lastly, everybody was really kind over the weekend (laughs) on the videos, and I want to say thank you to everybody who supported some of the recent videos that I do on Twitter that are silly and stupid, and they're just there for your entertainment. And that's it. So thank you so much. I mean, people have really nice things to say. And I guess the video got a confirmation from Mike the Mouth. He will be on the show next week. So I don't know how that's going to (laughs) go. But uh, I didn't know his... Did you know who Mike the Mouth is, like, from a while ago? or I had no idea who he was until, like, a couple weeks ago. Right. And... He's like, why don't you call me up and we'll talk. So we talked today and I guess he liked what I had to say and uh, he put me on his list. He's apparently he's like a legend of the NFBC world. So wow. it's going to be fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. So thank you to Mike the Mouth for taking some time. Uh, he's supposed to be like kind of a hardcore, kind of an asshole type-ish type dude. But I think it's all in good fun. Uh, I don't really think it's that serious. So thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. And thanks to Sam FBB from Saturday Night. He had some. We had a great talk about fantasy baseball. He's a great guy in Seattle. Follow him on Twitter. I strongly recommend it. He's not somebody that everybody knows, but Sam is someone that deserves your attention and time. At Sam FBB Numerical One on Twitter. All right. Well, that's. I could do more, but we'll stop there. That's enough. <laughs> Why don't we get the show rolling in something we like to call leading off? <laughs> So I mentioned the cut line lessons I learned over the weekend. The cut line is the best ball, and I'm not the best ball master, but I do like best ball. I want to ask Steve, best ball, how much have you played of it, and what's your early take on it? So I do actually kind of a lot of best ball. Um, back when PlayDraft, you know, Draft.com existed before FanDuel, I think, bought them and sort of destroyed them. I played quite a bit of best ball baseball. Um, one playing relatively low stakes but but would win pretty regularly and 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 had fun doing it and then that system went away and and the one that FanDuel introduced last season didn't quite work the same way it's just not as it's just not the same but then also Raz Slam as you mentioned last year that's best ball <clears throat> and then uh, I'm in um, Prospects Live does these uh the Dynasty Baseball Championship uh TDBC and I'm in three of those leagues and that's actually an even more interesting best ball because that's a positionless best ball so it's actually just your like nine best hitters and ex or it's like 12 best hitters nine best pitchers each week really? um regardless oh. of position 
which is interesting yes. because I love that because catchers take on even less of an importance then. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Steve's got a thing against catchers. I don't well, know. Just, they're know just that. so unproductive from a fantasy perspective. But well, what else it. is new? Come on. No, no, no. Oh, it's no, nothing else. new. Oh, I'm not saying it's, oh, my, my, my disdain is neither, not new either. So, um, breaking news. Catchers suck. <laughs> We're breaking news on this show right now. They're not quite as bad as kickers in fantasy football. Like, I wouldn't actually recommend oh. getting rid of catchers in any way. Uh, okay, whereas I'm I'm fully on the no kicker train when it comes to fantasy football. So the no um, kicker train, but like two catcher leagues, that's just cruel. And and yeah, that's the standard um, in like the high stakes leagues. Yeah, it, it is. Like. And it I is. Don't well, know. it's it's old school. I think it's I think that lineup system with the two catchers, the five outfield. You know, that's been around for a long, long time. So, um, but yeah. So uh, yeah, I've played a little bit of best ball. I, I think you know, I'm certainly no expert, but I enjoy it. I think it's fun because I like drafts more necessarily than I like juggling lineups throughout the week, especially when you have many, many leagues you're trying to keep an eye on. Yeah, that's true. You know, I love best ball and I like the fact that I can play in a bunch of leagues and don't have to worry about maintenance all year. Minus the cut line obviously has a couple of fab periods, but your other right. standard best balls, you don't have to do any of that stuff and you can just draft and let it play out. And that means you can play in more leagues and possibly make more money. If you know what you're doing, best ball is the most potential for value in my opinion to make money off of because you can play in more of them yeah. and maybe get some variety with your rosters i mean we all know uh, I, I don't know what your take is steve but when it comes to you know diversification uh you, you don't really go all in constantly or are you somebody who's going to have a certain amount of shares in like one guy but then you're going to switch gears and take it to another place on another draft with a different player if i'm if i'm drafting a bunch of best balls i usually will kind of try to keep track of you know, the proportion of any particular player and try to make sure I'm not, I, I don't want one guy on every one of my teams, right? Because if that guy goes down, it's just going to, you know, punch a hole in everything you're doing. Um, mm. But for the kind of the, for the leagues with more management with fob and whatever else, like I don't really mind drafting quote unquote, my guys every time. Um, you know, last year I was totally all in on and it didn't really work out, but I was totally all in on Matt Olson. I had Matt Olson everywhere that I could get him. Um, and I was okay with that because when he, you know, didn't do great, I could bench him, <laughs> you know, and when and, and sort of and, and had an opportunity to sort of replace uh, that production elsewhere, you know, with other players. Sure. Um, but yeah, when it comes to best ball, when you're not going to have any hands on after the draft, I think it's important to, I don't know about like necessarily being totally diversified and like spread out evenly and everything, but like the more you rely on a single player. Uh, as any kind of, and I think maybe this is the more important part, as any kind of linchpin of strategy, right? If you're talking about, well, I end up, I always end up drafting um, Josh Lindblom or somebody, like where it's like, mm. you know, it, it, late, late, late round. If he does well, great. If he doesn't, you're not, he's not breaking a team by not performing, right? That's fine. But if you've got like Adalberto Mondesi or you have, um, you know, or early on you're drafting uh, uh, Shane Bieber in like, you know, that in every first round you can, well, what happens when Bieber goes down? What happens when Mondesi decides not only to not hit, but to not run anymore? Now it's it's every team, right, is getting hit the same way. Uh, and that can be a real problem. Sure can. I feel you there. I like best ball still. We're not the best ball exclusive here. We're not Brian <laughs> Seymour. Or we're not trying to be Brian this Seymour. It's not my forte. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not our specialty, but... You know, Brian, you do your thing. Derek Rhodes, you do your thing. In fact, I'm in a best ball with Derek on Saturday night. So he invited me in. It's a $25 one, and that'll nice. be fun. And it'll be 9.30 Central time, I believe, Saturday night. If, I'm sure it'll be on Twitter because Derek seems to do a lot of these best ball drafts where he shares it with you and I and Steve. We're all the public, actually. No one here <laughs> isn't the public, right? right? If you're in the society 
Or maybe you could choose to not be in public by removing yourself from society. I don't but know. But you probably wouldn't be on Twitter then, right? You'd kind of have to be off the grid then if you're really. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna have, well, you, can't, you can't be out of society and have like a cell phone plan. Like then you're, no, you know I mean? like you're, no, no, no. You're, you're in society at that point. <laughs> you got you to gotta cut the cord, truly. Right. And I'm not talking just getting rid of cable. I want to give a quick testimonial to score sheet. We brought it up a few minutes mm. ago. We're in a score sheet league together. That's right. And score sheet, for those of you who don't know, is a fantasy baseball thing you can play. You can go to scoresheet.com and check it out. It's much more immersive. It's very, I mean, how would you describe it, Steve? It's dynasty-like. It's like. Yeah. It's, it's, I think the, the key like descriptor, it's a simulation league, right? So it's not just about uh, either scoring points based on the stats or, or racking up stats over the course of like a season, like Roto. It is, it is based on the real performances on the field. Um, but it's not like a one-to-one just, you know, if you're, if your player hits a home run that week, he's probably going to hit you a home run for you in score sheet. But some of the more, um, uh, what's the, what's the term I'm thinking for? Like, like, uh, the things that could be that are based on context, like uh, the number of runs somebody scores or the number of RBIs they score, right? That's not going to translate one-to-one because if the guy hits fourth in real life and is always coming up with men on and is scoring a bunch of RBIs, but for whatever reason you have put him in your lineup leading off, he's just not going to hit as many RBIs, right? And so that's the beauty of, of the simulation is like, you have this roster of players, you've got middle infielders, I mean, uh, uh, middle relievers, uh, uh, you know, a whole starting staff, a whole bullpen, you've got what they call the taxi squad, which is essentially like a mixture of like minor leaguers and sort of fringe players or your, your sort of traditional 4A guys, right, that, that can come up and down. And you set your lineups, you set a different lineup against lefties and righties, you can set... Um, you know, the, obviously the, the order of your starting rotation with specific, uh, bullpen sort of order of, of usefulness against writing and left-handed batters. There's all kinds of sort of like things, whether or not a guy steals, if he does, uh, what's the, you know, or or the stealing is yes or no, but bunting, do you want somebody to bunt? Uh, if so, what's the the earliest inning? Yeah. What's the earliest inning they can bunt in? Do you want to set a defensive replacement so that if late, uh, you're only up by one or two, you know, it'll swap out, uh, you know, you'll swap in, uh, Kirk, you know, uh, Kirk Meyer or whatever, right. For Kirk, Kier- Kier- Meyer for, uh, you know, somebody who hits, but doesn't feel very well. There's all these kind of choices that you make. And, uh, and a lot like some of the more advanced, uh, uh, you know, NFBC and whatever, you're only making changes once a week. You know, you can't constantly, it's not like a daily lineup thing or anything, Yeah. but, uh, yeah, it's just, it's very involved. I've tried playing what they call BLs, which are, both leagues, so both AL and NL players, uh, very, very large player pool at that point because you're dealing with the entire farm system of every one of the major leagues, and I can't hack it. So I'm so we're in a, we're in an AL only together. I only play AL only in score sheet just because as an A's fan, I tend to just be more familiar with the players in the AL. Hey, uh, I got Chris Bassett on my team. Woohoo! Bassett's gonna have a hell of a year. Like just um, that's for sure. Uh that's 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 good stuff. But um yeah, so score sheet's a lot of fun. It's definitely different. It also <laughs> I locked that in. Late, <laughs> delayed lock in. I admit that's all right. Uh, the the only kind of downside of score sheet is it costs money and you can't win money. So it is not. Uh, yeah, it, it, yeah, there is a fee. It's like I think it's about ninety bucks a team. Um, and then you can do get a trophy if you win your league at the end. Hey! I, I have I have a I have a closet with a few score sheet trophies in it from over the years. But uh, yeah. yeah, so but so there's it's no, not it's, like you gambling or yeah. no money to be won. It's true. Right. When but I when I put, when fun. I put fifty down on an FBC fifty, you know you might walk away with four hundred bucks if you do well. You put ninety right. down on a score sheet team, you better enjoy 
the game <laughs> because hey, that's what you're paying for. So you are playing for like the the enjoyment and the real detail of minutiae. You yeah. have to be pretty hardcore, I would say. I think it's not amateur hour. And uh, you know, shout out to the AL Manball League. That's yeah. our league, AL Manball. We love you guys. <laughs> Big fan of the uh, league. I don't know everybody besides Steve. <laughs> I mean, I've emailed with many of them, but right. I've never really met anybody beyond you, Steve. So yep. it was funny that we just ended up. I swear, like I did you advise I, me? Or I swear I think, we just ended up in that league like randomly. I think like, you did. I think it was not related to me. It was before I know, we got so on. About it. Yeah, it was before I came on the pod last year. Yeah, I had told you about score sheet, but nothing yes. about the league. And then. An opening came up in that league, which I have been in for, this is like my fourth season, I think, in that league. Uh, and an opening came up, and I asked a few friends, hey, you interested? And nobody was really biting. And then I, I got the email, oh, somebody's in. I saw the name, and I was like, Michael Govier. Like, is that the same <laughs> Mike? Like, how, how could there be two Michael Goviers playing fantasy Well, I heard, I heard Scott, well, yeah, that's very unlikely. Although <laughs> right. there's a couple of Michael Goviers out there. There's a guy who used to do a Buffalo Wild Wings commercial in the late oh. 2000s. And there's a playwright from Oregon. Uh, wow. And there's a Michael Govier who has a movie on Netflix. Uh, I don't know who they are. <laughs> but they're out there. But I, I actually heard Scott White talking about it too. I was like, oh, it's cool. Interesting. So that, I think all yeah. those confluence of events led me yeah. to being there. So there's, there's uh, you've never won? Have you ever won? Yeah, I've won. I've won public leagues. I've never won man ball. Uh, and oh, I've, played in, other, I've okay. played in other private leagues. The private leagues tend to be more competitive uh, because the private leagues tend to be a little more selective uh, potentially on who goes in. But then they just tend to attract the, uh, similar people. So like once I was in a league with both Paul Sporer and Jason Collette, um, I've been in a league with like Gary Huckabay and like a handful of other people. Actually, Gary might be in man ball too with us, but he was like another one that I was in. He, he basically founded a baseball prospectus. And, you know, so it depends. But the public leagues are a little more... I'm usually like my, the two public leagues I'm in, I'm in with my dad and one of his buddies from when he was in college, that kind of thing. Wow. And those are the leagues I tend to win are the, the guys who are, you know, sort of a little more casual, uh, you know, but, uh, but yeah, the private leagues are definitely more competitive and, uh, and tougher to tougher to, to win in. Well, if you're interested, go to scoresheet.com and check it out and see if maybe, uh, there's, this is for you. There's always, there's always openings, like there's leagues that yeah. have openings on there. So it probably won't be that hard to find a team at all. Well, and, and I think it's just a matter year, of commitment. First year players, they only charge, I think, $30 too. I think that's correct. First season, it's 29 bucks. Yeah, yes. yeah. So, so that's worth worth it, worth a shot. Of course, if you get That's hooked. a great point. I'm so glad you brought that <laughs> that's up. How they, yes. That's how they get you. <laughs> ah, once you're sucked in, you'll never yeah. go back. I, I was in the bozo season of 2020, which I don't yeah. know if you've heard. It was a short season. It was all goofy and stuff. But there was I, something about that. It was. Yeah, I've heard yeah. stories. And yeah. I am. I want to get the real experience, a full season. So, <laughs> yeah, and that's what they better. sold me on too. It's like, dude, you got to come back for the full season, dude. Right. So, <laughs> you got me. All right, let's talk about your stomper projections. I want to yeah. get the update. Uh, tell us what we need to know about it right now. You've been. F I saw your tweet, and I wish I would have had a chance to respond to it. Um, that you were looking at modifications or something. Uh, you can tell me better because you literally wrote it. But um, <laughs> things to add to Stomper or uh, minor yeah. league projections are yeah. available now. So. Well, not not minor league projections. So basically, Stomper's weakness. I, I I started last year. I had been doing my own projections for a little while, but last year was the first year where I was like, I'm gonna go ahead and like put it out there in a way that other people can consume or at least see. Uh, and of course, then the short season hit, and it was like, oh, of course, the year that I tried to do this, it's crappy. Um, but basically, there you go. Uh, but uh, said it. <laughs> I know, right? Um, basically, uh, Stomper has ne was never all that smart about young players, like players with not a lot of major league experience. It uses the last three seasons of major league statistics to sort of 
you know, apply like regressions and aging curves and other things too, to, to get some kind of sense of like what is likely uh, moving forward, just based on what the, the player has done before. And I did a few, I've done a few things over the years to try to mitigate like um, holes in that. Like if a guy has like a real short season, not like 2020, but like he's hurt or something for a large chunk of it, or, you know, or somebody is coming up and it's like their first year or second year in, in the bigs, you know, how do you deal with that? And there's lots of ways to do it. And some of them are really mathematically complicated or programmatically complicated, like, um, like a similarity score, you know, it can be great. That's like what Picota does. It just takes a lot of calculations over and over again, because you're kind of one by one comparing players to every player you have data on to see, you know, who they're similar to and you can extrapolate from there. Um, and for a while I was sort of using like league averages in order to fill in holes where, where people didn't have data at, at other times, I tried doing age-based averages. Well, what does the average 19 year old do? What does the average 25 year old do? And sort of try to fill in that way. And nothing was satisfactory. Like nothing just looked good. So finally I realized if I do a little digging and a little playing around with the data, um, I can probably figure out how to get some kind of a reasonable way to translate minor league performance to major league performance. Um, and I was reading some articles um, by like Tom Tango and people like that. And I, and I think it was possibly one of his that uh, um, sort of put in that, that, you know, like a triple a performance for most players is like right around 85% uh, of a major league performance. Like that, that equivalency can, especially like with power and a few things that, that translate fairly easily. Um, so I started playing around with that and, and I do a system now where there's like, basically, you know, between triple A, double A, and then sort of group together high A, single A and, and rookie league, like grouping them at the bottom. There's like a base sort of um, translation that gets applied to the statistics from those years uh, that is then adjusted for how much younger or older, you know, than the league average was the player at that time. So if you've got a guy who was, you know, 19 and mashing in triple A, his performance is going to apply much more heavily at, you know, to, to major league uh, data than if he was 25 year olds, a 25 year old in triple A mashing, because, you know, every 25 year old who, who's going to play in major leagues probably did pretty well at triple A at some point. And that's not a one-to-one. -one. The pitching is significantly less, but if you're 19 and you're killing it in triple A, that's a special player. We know this, just that that's not somebody who that's not a fluke. You know what I mean? Like nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody lucks into 25 home runs and a 310 average at triple A at you know 19 or 20 years old and i'm not even sure I, those are off the top of my head but like you know what i mean like that kind of thing so so the system now is a little smarter about that and i think because of that there are performance projections for people like Luis robert and uh trent grisham and Brian hayes that are a little more realistic like the first time i ran through the, a lot of those guys i had terrible projections for i think robert was projected to hit like 190 i'm like that's ridiculous he's not going to hit one like he wouldn't be allowed to hit 190 he'd be back in the minors if he hit 190 that's <laughs> yes. silly you know and then i uh, i tweaked it the other direction and Brian hayes was going to hit uh, 340 because he hit like 370 last year in 90 at bats it's like okay well good for him that's awesome he obviously can hit but like the idea that he would hit 340 over the course of a season is laughable, you know? So, um, but now those numbers are a little, yeah, those, those numbers are a little more reasonable now um, that I've sort of tweaked this and, and gotten to a point now where it's, I've got uh, Hayes uh, hitting 277 and 519 at bats, um, which I think is, you know, maybe a little low for him. It might be a little conservative, but I'm okay with conservative. Um, same thing for Luis Robert. I got him hitting 266 in about uh, 550. So again, those are probably a little on the low side, but um, the whole point behind Stomper is the idea that everybody regresses. So every every big performance, you kind of have to assume won't necessarily get repeated. Um, but 
I build in things like this minors to majors age thing and, and a general age progression um, that sort of continues to increase good stats and decrease bad ones as players get older until about 27 to 20, 27 to 30. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so the young players get a little boost, but generally people regress. That's why it's called regression to the mean. So that's why regression is right there in the name of stomper. So. Wow. That is uh that's impressive, man. How long does all this stuff take? I mean, it seems like so much work. I remember I saw the screenshot of the uh, <laughs> running of the Stomper projection. It takes 15 minutes, you said? Yeah, it's about, that's the actual, uh, the process, which is, you know, I've got all of the data uh, in a sort of data warehouse that I keep for myself of, of, the, of everyone's past performance. And so when that thing that you saw on Twitter goes, what it's doing is grabbing that information, which is very fast, um, grabbing for the last three years, doing some basic calculations on the past stuff to find a basic projection, then adding the regressions, adding the age progression, doing a handful of other little tweaks that I've decided over the years or over, over the months of playing with this version of it are necessary. And then it goes through and it, it goes through evaluating all of that. And the evaluation is the tough part because it has to kind of run through, you know, you have to like run through everybody to figure out like a Z score. Uh, then you have to run through everybody to figure out their net Z score based on the actual fantasy relevant set of players then you have to run through it and look for auction value you know to, to translate like net z score to a dollar amount and then run through it again in order to get um, what i call the draft value which is those green and red boxes on the stomper thing which sort of show oh, you yeah. um based on their adp and the rank that stomper has you know are they a value pick or are they sort of a negative ev pick um and uh yeah so it's like a, it, there's a lot of stuff goes that takes about 15 minutes as far as how much work it is um couple hours a night almost every evening for several months like is probably how i would describe it so yeah mother of god <laughs> it's not quick but it is luckily for me it's stuff i enjoy doing so i i will sit with my wife we'll watch tv after the kids go to bed and i'll just have my laptop out and just you know whether i'm playing with some kind of new piece for the front end like a filter i've added some like leaderboards and a player search and things or if i'm uh, tweaking the back the back end actual algorithm which I think I'm pretty much done with. I think for this year, I don't think there's going to be major changes to the algorithm. I think now what I'm looking at is there's a handful of things I'd like to add to the front end. Um, I'm considering how to display what I'm calling um, like a recommended round for players. So the idea would be if you've got a 10, 12, 15, or 20 team league, because I feel like that covers the vast majority. There are bigger leagues and there are smaller, but most team or most you know mixed leagues are going to be 10, 12, 15, or 20 players, uh, teams, where should you be looking to pick up this player yes. based on a combination of their ADP and, and what Stomper thinks that they'll do performance wise. Um, and, uh, and I'm working on for that one, the, the kind of challenge is not the calculation. That's relatively simple. It's how do you display that in that table in like a reasonable way, you know, that's easy to see that doesn't clutter it further. Cause there's already a ton of data in there. You know, I've got yeah. ADP it's and auction value though, and really stuff. Isn't. Well, thank you. I, I work hard to like I don't try think to it make is, it reasonable. But, yeah. <laughs> I try to make it look nice. Uh, you know, it cuts out the hitting stats if you're only looking at pitchers and vice versa, just to try to make it a little more reasonable. And um, it's it's as mobile friendly as I could make it without, you know, spending a ton of time tweaking things. So it's I just wanted to be useful to people. So, so what is the bottom line use then? What do you truly the, think is the use to people? Oh, I think that if you don't make your own projections, this is yet another data set for you to take a look at. So if you, you know, I think everybody needs projections to do some amount of their draft prep. And if you are Dave McDonald and you, and, I, and I'm not saying Dave doesn't use projections, I'm not, not going to get into that because I know Dave's listening <laughs> or will be. 
Oh. He's not anti-projection, and I wouldn't say he is, but obviously he has a <laughs> he has a skill set he has built up over years uh, and takes a lot of time to like study tape, study players, and all that stuff. If you do that, you're probably better off than anybody that's just going to like use a projection set blind. But if you don't have the time for that, if you're not a, if you're a player who just doesn't have the time to do that kind of stuff, well, now you've got another set of statistics and opinions that you can use. That's either going to make an analysis paralysis problem where now you've got too much data, which it's like, well, okay, uh, ignore it. <laughs> or it's another, you know, it's another arrow in the quiver. It's another thing to use to look at and to either justify your, your pre-existing sort of notion or find a, a needle in the haystack and find a diamond in the rough. So. Wow. Okay. I, do, I like using your projection systems for shine and ride the pine, but you know, truthfully, I really don't, use projection systems much else in my own experience either I, I think it's for people who need a barometer if they want to be like well i really don't know what to expect from this player what's somebody i trust think and, and if i that actually came up in my mind i would go to your page and use stomper but well, i just you. think i just think they're a little more um they're a little more unique and a little more aggressive some of the projections seem to be a little more conservative and i kind of like the way that when I, when I do look at a projection from you, I'm like, oh, this yeah, this seems totally reasonable. It doesn't seem outlandish either. I just think right. it makes a little bit more sense. I think that's my goal. I think if I if like the best compliment would be that that this that the projections Stomper puts out are surprising without being shocking, I guess, right? Like I don't want it yes. to be like I'm saying Ronald Acuna is going to hit 220 <laughs> and and have 14 uh, home yeah. runs in 600 PA. It's like, you know, that's just dumb. Like this is not gonna happen, right? But you know, some other like little weird ones. I mean, like, you know, we're going to get into it later, but yeah, there's a few players where I think like, okay, well, look, I'm not doing anything to these projections that I'm not doing to all of them. So based on past performance, here's a player, you know, that I think is going to do some special stuff this year and, you know, right or wrong, we'll see. But, uh, you know, but the key is like, they are, they are objective in that I'm just treating every single player in the pool. I've got projections for over a thousand players. I'm treating them all exactly the same and, and just using their history, especially now that I've gotten rid of any notion of like league or age-based averaging. It's just based off of their performance and they're all being tweaked the exact same way based on their age and everything else. Let's yeah. see where the chips fall. Um, so right or wrong. I love chips. Least, <laughs> yeah, delicious. But right or wrong, uh, you know, it just means that I, I can feel confident that like it's not my biases coming into it. So. Well said, sir. Well said. I support it. Like I said, I don't always use them, but whenever I use a projection system, Steve is my go-to projection systems experts, and I want to thank him for explaining it and giving you guys some insight on Stomper. Go check it out, please. Go check it out right now. All you got to type in is S-T-O-M-P-E-R. Projections. Stomperprojections.com. <laughs> oh, you know what it is? Uh, you know, it's like saved in my bookmarks, I think, oh. so it's not fair. Sorry. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Stomperprojections.com. Yep. Stomperprojections.com. That's right. All uh, right, cool. Well, let's have some fun now because I know we haven't been having fun in the show. Oh, this has been, been terrible. Drag. It's been a, uh, Mike, what are you doing to me? Uh. I don't know why we ever agreed to do this. This is a huge mistake. This is uh, President's right. Day. This is supposed to be a fun party day. What are you doing? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm... <laughs> That was a good one. That was a good one. All right, this one's called... Enrico's Inquisition. We're going to ask Steve a bunch of silly stuff. So strap in, Steve. Here we go. Bryce Harper or Lenny Dykstra? Bryce Harper. Oceans or lakes? Which do you prefer? Lakes. Oceans terrify me. Van Halen or Van Hagar? Oh, <laughs> Van Halen. 
Not Ooh. a contest. WW84, the movie, or Trevor Bauer? Trevor Bauer has more positive things going for him. He is a good pitcher. Oh, oh, Nelly, get ready for some doozies. Because it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show, Enrico's Inquisition. <laughs> that is correct. Now Steve is going to be stepping into this. This is obviously a segment we didn't have last year. I don't even no, think. I'm psyched. This I'm actually, is... This is like definitely, this is the part I'm ready for, man. This is... He even took it. your head off. Wow. Oh, that's well, that's, I'm just getting a little warm in here, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. You got that A's, you still got that A's jacket back there. I feel yeah. like I've seen it before. So. Well, it's the World Series Champions jacket. So it's got all the World Series patches on the arms. You're holding on to the past. Huh? <sighs> I have to. I'm an A's fan. What else we got? That's what, on hey, that I'm topic, Tigers by the fan. way. That's all we got. <laughs> listening to you and Vlad talk about 88 Dodgers and Gibson and stuff. Oh. I almost crashed my car the other day because it may not be something Vlad's thought about since in a long time. I still have nightmares about the look on X face. When that yes, and because, we t- <laughs> we uh, talked about that last year's show. I definitely so remember rough. that. So I, rough. I wasn't oh. thinking of you at that point. I apologize. I should have no. been. I should have been thinking of you. Look at what you did. Um, but by the way, this is the official <laughs> podcast for fantasy baseball of Russell Crowe, and uh, right. we want people to. We always want to remind people that yeah, this is important. Russell Crowe has given us his blessing. This is his fantasy baseball podcast of choice. Uh, so right off the bat, we want to know: Do you prefer Survivor or Master and Commander? Uh, so this will be this is fun because guess what I really have never watched either of them I've never seen Perfect. Master Commander I've seen like two or three episodes of Survivor never got into it uh, you know based solely on quality of gifts etc that I've seen on Twitter definitely Master and Commander Wow dude that is uh, <laughs> I gotta say the Survivor stuff I just don't get it I never did I but never I'm not a reality TV guy so see but I, I do like reality TV but I like reality TV mostly where it's competitions of professionals. So, like, for instance, like Top Chef, where it's somebody who has, like, a, a skill, you know. Apprentice? Uh-huh. Well, there's that, yes, apprentice. <laughs> but, yeah, people, talented people doing what they're talented at in a competition. I'm cool with that. But Survivor, yeah, it's like Amazing Race. I never got that one either. I don't get it. Uh, yeah. I, or whatever. I just think it's all <laughs> contrived bullshit. It's always been contrived. And it's not reality TV, but maybe that people don't care. They just want to be entertained. So, yeah. Uh, Doug, I know Doug Ishikawa is a big proponent of Survivor. And even Russell Withers, who was our go-to for all these wonderful Master Commander Palazzo gifts. I love them. They're so a great job. funny. Yeah. Every time I see one of those, I laugh. The one with me, <laughs> where Russell Crowe and Paul Bettany are playing the violin and the cello together. And that's me and Deary. That was so good. It was so good. So, But Russell likes Survivor a ton. And he's now he's flying the Survivor flag. So that's, oh, uh, boy. that's tough. That's tough yeah. for me. Um, in the fields. It does. But uh, is it Disneyland or Disney World for you? Oh, is Disneyland. It, like, not without, even close? Oh, not even remotely close. Uh, there's two reasons. From a, a non-practical reason, it's the only park Walt Disney ever set foot in, right? It was his park. He built. He actually had an apartment there. He lived there. And my love of Disney is is very much a love of Walt Disney, the showman, the uh, the the businessman. Etc. And and Disney World, from a practical standpoint, I've been to Disney World many, many times. I proposed to my wife there. We went, you know, we've gone there a few times, whatever. And uh, wow, yeah, like we, it, it's huge, which is awesome because there's tons to do. Great, but it's also like everywhere you want to go, you're getting on a boat or on a bus or on a monorail. Or now they have this Sky Tram thing that I haven't had a chance to try yet. But you're always getting on some mode of transportation to go somewhere. When you're at Disneyland, especially if you're staying on property um, at one of the hotels, right? That's right, kind of right by the parks. It, everything's walkable. You walk across 
you know, well, it's maybe 200 yards from the opening from the front gate of California Adventure to the front gate of Disneyland. And the whole shopping dining district is downtown Disney is right there. It's another 200 yards to the left, right? So everything's right there. You don't have to go anywhere. It's all accessible. It's easy to go in from one park to the other. It's easy to like, you know, just mix your day up and, and, and do it however you want. And with two young kids now, that's crazy important because like, oh, they want to do this and then they want to do that. And, they do this. and it's like telling, you know, a, a five-year-old, no, we can't go on that ride today because that's a different thing. It's like, now it's like, well, okay, we'll go there in about in like half an hour. Let's do something else first, but then we'll go there next. You know, you can kind of like work with the the sort of ever-changing demands of, of the tiny people that I call my children. Uh, so yeah, no, Disneyland easily. Wow. You know, I thought that maybe that would be more closer than it was. But, <laughs> but I also well, know other you, people I maybe do. it would be. I don't know. That's that's. I'm a West Coast guy too, so that's part of it, right? It's way easier. I can drive to Disneyland. It's 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 five six hours away, whereas Disney World that's a that's a day long flight for me. So yeah, but that's what makes it more special, I would think. So. Well, potentially, but I can go but to Disneyland like two to three times a year if we're not in the middle of a global pandemic. Uh, okay, uh, better 80s action star, Sylvester Stallone or Arnold Schwarzenegger? Uh, Schwarzenegger. Again, not even close. Uh, I like Stallone. As a kid, I didn't tend to like Stallone. I thought Schwarzenegger was just cooler. His muscles were bigger. He was in cooler movies. Um, now I have much more of an appreciation for Stallone, um, you know, as like a writer and as, a, as an actor and everything. And I love a lot of his movies. I mean, like Over the Top is like one of my favorite movies, not really an action movie, but like one of my favorite movies from that era. But there's there's really two reasons for me for Schwarzenegger, and it's Predator and Terminator 2. Because those two movies are like in a pantheon for me that that is hard to top. Uh, and being being that he was the Terminator and he was Dutch in Predator and he was you know, he's commando and he's it's just too much. I mean, like for me, I never got into the Rambo movies as a kid, like when I got old enough to watch the violent movies, but I was never that into them. Nowadays, I think First Blood is awesome because it's much more nuanced than like the later Rambo movies. I would um, agree, yes. Mm-hmm. And I like the Rocky films, but that's not really it's not really action movies. And you know, that's a good; those are good sports movies with a drama element to them. Um, so yeah, so for me, definitely, you know, like Demolition Man, notwithstanding, because that was pure brilliance but uh um, that's, that's a great movie yeah, uh but yeah, generally generally i would go schwarzenegger over still uh, better animated feature uh, the fox and the hound or oliver and company oh god okay that's tough it, it it is and it isn't like i can pretty easily say oliver and company and the main reasons are there's two main reasons fox and the hound is like what would have been a harder question for me would have been if you said fox and the hound or bambi because they're both like horrifically tear jerking, like hard to watch. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. I'm not going to show my kids those movies until they're like teenagers because I just can't take it. Oliver and Company does not have that <laughs> that pull to it. And Oliver and Company has a soundtrack by Billy Joel, and that's just try try beating that. Like that you can't. Beat that's it, so. that's tough to beat. That's pretty yeah, cool. Tough to beat the Piano Man himself. Yeah, the Piano Man himself. That's true. I, I can't not remember. Oliver and Company. I remember Fox and the Hound a little bit more though. Cheech so. Marin played uh, did the voice for the uh, the Chihuahua in Oliver and Company, and uh, and he, there's a point where they're trying to rescue uh, the puppy that gets like adopted, uh, not or no the little kitten, the little kitten Oliver. He gets like adopted by this rich girl, but they're trying to get him out. The dogs, his friends, are trying to break him out, and they get there and it's like p- beautiful pillows and there's like a pretty poodle and the Chihuahua oh, thinks yeah. of you, and he goes like. If this is torture, chain me to the wall. <laughs> and for some reason, <laughs> that line has always stuck with me. It's like it's like literally 
I'll think about that at random times. And that was Cheech Marin's a funny guy. So, <laughs> um, Armageddon or the right stuff? Uh, Armageddon, and I think that's just a that's just a timing thing. Oh, uh, come on, yeah, no, because never was... pick, you never picked a Michael Bay movie, but you like Michael. Bay. I you like Michael Bay. I don't have a problem with Michael Bay. I, I, I mean, I no, I have problems with Michael Bay. <laughs> don't get me wrong, but like, I, I don't think I have. Look, okay, the right stuff is the better film, but I'm gonna choose to watch Armageddon if given the choice. It's more entertaining for you. Much more entertaining, and and, and I have I have nostalgia to it. Um, it came out when I was a senior in high school, and there's just there's just more sort of personal uh, pieces to that. I've always been a huge Aerosmith fan, and obviously their song was you know a big big part of that movie. Um, so yeah, I'll go Armageddon if I'm going to pick one to watch. Yeah, but there was like a moratorium on that song for a long time. It just got burned into <laughs> our brains. Almost, almost everything Aerosmith did in the 90s got horrifically overplayed, I will agree. But their 70s and 80s stuff is still awesome. Yeah, it was probably their biggest, poppiest run was the 90s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Get yeah. A grip as, soon as, Glenn, as soon as Glenn Ballard got involved and they did get a grip, yeah. That's true. That's a good point. Um, what about, we always ask this one, sliders or curveballs? Yeah, and I've been listening to a bunch of your shows, and I know almost everybody says curveball. And sorry, I'm going to say curveball as well because Barry Zito's curveball is like the prettiest thing <laughs> I ever saw in my life. Like it would fall off a table like nothing I've ever seen. Just the perfect 12-6. And I think somebody I don't remember who because I've been listening to a lot of your show lately, catching up. And somebody said something about um, how curves from lefties just look better on TV, and it's absolutely true. I think it's why Kershaw's curve is so beautiful, and Zito's was the same way. Man. Uh... Zito's getting so much run on this show. It's so great to see. I, I like it, Mary Zito. I always thought yeah. he was a great guy and a good pitcher and underrated at times. And he got yeah. kind of screwed by that contract, made him look yeah. like a bad guy or something because he couldn't quite live up to it. But he kind of lived up to it. So. He was weird in all the fun ways, though. You know, he's like one of those guys, like like harmlessly strange. You know what I mean? And I always like that when people are like that. <laughs> harmlessly strange. <laughs> yeah, he was a big. Uh, I remember he also played music a lot. Oh yeah, guitarist. guitar. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I like guys. I like guys that are. You know, varied like that. They have a lot to offer. Uh, I don't know how this one's going to go, but okay. I know that you, lo- I do know that you like Disneyland. So, yeah. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean or Peter Pan's Flight? Oh, Pirates. They're both great rides. Uh, Peter Pan's an interesting thing. If you actually go to Disneyland a lot, especially with kids, Peter Pan has this reputation as being, uh, and, and it's a well earned reputation, as being one of the longest lines in the park. It's got a combination of A, everybody loves doing it, it's a fun ride got that overhead track and you know you fly over london then over neverland it's really great effects but it's a very slow loading ride um they pull one little pirate ship up you can put two or three people on it and it goes off then they have to pull the next one up and it's sort of this it's continuous but it's very slow so you can end up waiting 45 50 60 minutes to ride peter pan unless you get to it right when the park opens um pirates of the caribbean is a a much longer attraction uh and b almost never has nearly that length of wait um, partly due to the fact that it has a much more efficient ride system. You can load, I think, 20 people in a boat, send it off, pull up another boat, load 20 people, send it. I mean, it really is pretty quick. Um, and it's just, it's like, it's like, uh, it's the big kid version, you know? I mean, all the dark rides are essentially the same idea. There's animatronics, lighting effects, things that only work because the rest of the room is dark. If it was well lit, it wouldn't look impressive, that kind of thing. Um, but pirates and like Haunted Mansion are sort of the, the more grown up, uh, um, yeah, more mature kind of themed versions of those. And your Peter Pans, your Snow Whites, your Pinocchios are sort of the more kid versions. And I love those too. They're a lot of fun. Family Guy or The Simpsons? The Simpsons. Um, 
I used to love Family Guy. I haven't I haven't actually watched either of those shows in years. I know The Simpsons oh, really? is still on, which is which over. is crazy. But uh, <laughs> uh, but I grew up watching The Simpsons. I mean, they they started what was it eighty eight, eighty nine? I mean, it, like yeah. so long ago. And um, when they were part of the Tracy Ullman show, it was just like a little shorts. Yeah, it yeah. Became the show. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely didn't really watch that, but I remember watching again Santa's Little Helper, right, with the the Christmas episode where they get the dog from the dog track. That was like the very first episode. That. I remember watching that on TV with my parents. You know, the family sitting around Sunday. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, after dinner, and <clears throat> the Simpsons was like that was destination viewing for my family for many, many, many years, and uh, and then Family Guy. I en- I've always enjoyed, but I don't know. I'd, I got a, I guess the the shtick of like, like hey, here's a funny thing I'll say, and then here's a flashback. Like that just gets a little tired after a while, I guess. I don't know if they still like <laughs> everything's a flashback, but um, probably. I haven't yeah, watched yeah, it a long yeah. time either. Yeah. <laughs> but they're both good shows. But I think The Simpsons. I don't know how the show could change. Uh, yeah, it seems like that's their mo. <sighs> and finally, <laughs> for love or money, Steve. Uh, for love, I mean that's you know like how how can you. How can, if you have nothing, I mean, and I'm saying that in the most general sense, like not, you know what I mean? Like if, if essentially, if you don't have something to care about and for what the, what good is money, it's sort of hollow. It totally sucks to have love and no money too. Like that's not fun. Like you need money to like pay your bills and put food on the table and stuff. But if you have to have just one or the other, I think that's, that's the way to go. There it is, right from his mouth. Steve Paolo has given you his true feelings on a myriad of topics. And, you know, I got to say, I wish we could do more of that. But sometimes that part <laughs> of the show gets too bloated and it's got to kind of keep it a little tighter. No problem. <laughs> There's so much to cover and so many other things I want to learn from you and people want to know about from you on the Hey, It's a Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, which is part of the Road of Fanatic Podcast Network, which also includes Matt Williams in the Turn 2 Podcast. And you can check that out. New episodes usually come out on Tuesday. And we have our rankings out. I update my rankings every week. It's part of the job. It's just what you got to do. You know, rankings are kind of lame in a sense. I know some people prefer tiers. Like Vlad said last week, tiers are better. And he's probably right. But, you know, you guys out there, everyone listening to this, you you love your rankings. You just got to have it. So we give it to you. And they're all available on rotofanatic.com from all six analysts, I believe. Six. Yes. And I worked hard on them. So just at least take a look. I mean, <laughs> don't make it a total waste of my time. It's... It's time consuming, Steve. It's not if you have everything done by an algorithm, because all my rankings are is literally everybody's value in order, and the value is based on standard five by five scoring. I've got some Excel issues, okay? I admit that. I do. Although, you know, Paul Mamino, shout out to Pete Mamino, he's our guy. He puts it all together and it all seems to make sense, and I just don't seem to be able to do it properly. And I apologize to you, Paul. I gotta do better. There's a way where I could probably just make it a lot faster instead of changing everything bit by bit. I'm a fool. And I admit that freely. So, And uh, I want to give a shout-out to Yancey Eaton's. Well, the Eaton's, really. They they proclaimed me as their Valentine, and that was very Aww, kind of them. So That's sweet. I mean, it was. It was heartwarming. Yeah. It was very tender. And uh, to Malika, who I now know a little bit, thank you for making me part of your uh, Valentine's Day experience. I hope you and Yancey had a wonderful time together, and we wish you guys nothing but wondrous, beautiful romance and... Basically forever, not just 2021, but for all time. So thank you very much. I appreciate that. Very kind of you guys to do so. All right, let's talk fantasy baseball now. Let's get into the fantasy focus and talk about... That's right. Start for the Cypress Hill music again. <laughs> Insane fantasy takes. Why are you taking that player? Insane fantasy takes. Why are you taking that player? Insane fantasy 
gotta, I like my be real, but I, 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 I gotta do the other guy. I can't. I, I always forget the other guy's name. I, I feel bad, but uh, somebody, if you know the answer to that, send it in to me. Plaza Podcast, ProtonMail.com. Two L's, two Z's. I haven't even said that once on the show yet. Good God, that's right. Plaza Podcast on Twitter, all that stuff. Man, I am not doing a good job of hosting. I've been waiting today. for it. The, the 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 Busey and Point Break drop is my favorite of your drops. So yeah, I know. What the hell? <clears throat> but, boy, I'm off today, man. Something. I don't feel like I'm. Giving you the best of me, Steve, and I apologize for that. I'm having a great time, so I don't notice, Mike. Yay! Okay. <laughs> That's right. It's a plausible podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. There we go. That feels better. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about some of these insane fantasy takes. Uh, Steve, you're up first. Now, these can be anything. We just want them to be original, fresh, and too... To a man putting himself on the line saying, this is what I think could happen and i'm gonna yeah. stand behind it so go ahead yeah so okay yeah i got a couple in mind uh some people that basically when when you brought up the idea for this and doing this i said well i'll take a look through stomper and see where are some people uh you know in my top 100 let's say let's start there and uh, you know who have a pretty significant adp gap and one of the features of stomper is um what i call the draft value or the color you know there's like the color key and and adp will be shaded uh light red dark red light green or dark green and the more green it is, what it's saying is these are players whose ADP is far behind the rank uh, that that Stomper has them at. Therefore, they are a potential value if you can get them higher than their ADP. But you know you're you're doing good there. And then the and the vice versa, right? Uh, yeah. Light red, dark red. Those people are going too too soon. You should avoid them. Is is what the idea is. So one of the players I found that really jumped out for this um, is Charlie Morton. Um, Stomper likes Charlie Morton as the 64th overall player and a top 20 starting pitcher uh $19 value at uh auction and of course auction values are you know very dependent on how your auction is going but this is a kind of general sense um based on i think like a you know $280 budget which is pretty common um but uh yeah so uh he's projected to 29 starts 168 uh, innings pitch i think is realistic both given his age and the fact that there will be some kind of control on on pitcher uh, innings this year we think um 11 and 6 record 13 quality starts in case you play that kind of game uh 200 200 strikeouts 57 walks so almost four to one strikeout to walk ratio with a 375 era and a 126 whip which is not great but morton's also going 120th or so uh the adp that stomper uses is a is an average of fan tracks and nfbc adp so instead of using any one particular site it tries to get a little more of a general sense um but yeah, I mean, if you can get the 64th overall player, 20th uh, starting pitcher, you know, around pick 100, you're going to do great. And I think that, uh, yeah, I think Morton can be a top 20 starting pitcher this year. Wow. Okay. I don't like that at all. I've been off Charlie Morton for a while. <laughs> but but I will say this. I will say this. Uh, somebody kind of warmed me up to him last week saying that he pitched well in the playoffs and once he was healthy, he was better, kind of back to his old self. So, I'm I'm kind of in the middle right now. I'm I'm gonna make my Charlie Morton opinion currently incomplete, mm. based on what you're telling me here and what I've heard over the last two weeks. I mean, I've heard so much information from so many great people, and now you're just another one of these brainiacs telling <laughs> me things that I need to know. So, I'm gonna retract my uh, Charlie Morton fear and uh, get back to you on this. That's how I feel about that. That works for me. For me, I'm gonna say that. Now, you know, this one, this is deep. This is deep. But uh, I think that Adam Eaton will lead the White Sox in runs this season. 
That is my take on here. That's my, that is my crazy, insane take. You know, I'm blowing people's minds. I just think Adam Eaton is in prime position to take a lot of production in all different areas. Runs, home runs, RBI, everything. He's going to do it all. He's, he's going to be hitting two in that lineup. I'm going to lock in 100-plus runs easily. And I know Tim Anderson is the run master on that team, but I, I really think that Adam Eaton can lead the White Sox in runs in 2021. So mark it down. That's interesting. You want me to respond, or or do we just? Uh, you can do whatever let you want. That go. Yeah, I think I think Eaton's obviously an interesting guy. I think that he he's always felt like an underperformer. It's always felt like he should be doing uh, more than he's done yes. at times in his career. To me, um, you know, I think that projecting a hundred runs for a guy who's done it just once is a little risky. Um, well, it's know, insane fantasy taste. That's Steve. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I think I think the the, the big issue that I have. It isn't so much that that Eaton might get 100 runs. It's it's just that if he does, it's probably because the White Sox have, and they may well have, just a dynamite offense. Uh, and so, if he gets over 100 runs, what are Eloy and Robert and Anderson going to do? What's Jose Bray yeah. going to do? You know, and and obviously those guys are going to benefit from from RBIs and stuff if Eaton is is scoring at that clip. Um, so yeah, so I, good good luck to you. Uh, uh, I would I would say that I mean, look, Stomper likes God's Eaton better than his ADP. Uh, at this point, I've got Eaton's ADP at three hundred thirty three, so so near yeah. the end of of most drafts, and uh, Stomper likes him at one hundred ninety fourth overall, about seven dollars at auction, which you could do a hell of a lot worse than that. Um, uh, but you know, we are I'm projecting about seventy three runs. Um, interesting, you brought up lineup position though. That's actually the one of the tweaks I remember now. I am considering doing for the before the end of the year. Right now, I'm just taking um, my playing time projections from Steamer. I don't I don't have a good way to project playing time. So while I do all of my sort of performance projections myself i sort of grab the playing time from steamer and my thought now is that i might do something for hitters a little differently um where i will utilize projected lineup position and your sort of expected plate appearances per game by lineup position to do that and that may have a significant impact on somebody like eaton who i don't think steamer's playing time projection currently takes into the account that he might hit near the top of that lineup yes sir rebab no doubt about it why don't you give us one more steve yeah. Okay. Let's take a look at. Uh, let's go to Houston. Um, I think Houston. that. Yeah. I think that Hugh, Jordan Alvarez, young Mister Alvarez, uh, is going to be like, let's say, a top fifteen overall fantasy player this year. Wow. I don't know I if that's like you know. Psychotic, you know who would love but... that is Eric Cross would love that. Oh yeah. 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 He's a he loves him this year. He thinks his knee is gonna be fine and yeah. he's gonna be cranking home runs left and right. I think it's home runs. I think the average bounces back. I mean, I think that's a big part of it. You know, it's like he he hit uh what 340 in AAA A in 2019 and then over 300 when he came up to the bigs. Oh, he um, obviously in, you know he had he had basically no season last year, so his stats last year are almost useless, <laughs> right? So um, Stomper's projecting, what I think is possibly a conservative 290, um, but also nobody, nobody, Stomper doesn't project any player to over about 305. So I'm sure somebody's going to hit higher than that, but just the projections are not. Juan really. Soto? Uh, yeah, Juan Soto, I think, is at like 299 in Stomper. It's not, this, the way this wow, is built, it's just, yeah, it's just not willing to go out on a limb to project or try to predict you know, large uh, outlier type seasons, generally speaking. It's got, you know, 41 home runs for the most home runs. There have been plenty of seasons, maybe most, where somebody hits more than 40-something home runs, right? So there's some conservativeness built into parts of Stomper, and, and I think average is one of them. And I think that uh, uh, 
yeah, like I think, I think, yeah, the home runs are going to come back, you know, 35 plus is easy. And if he does that over hundred RBIs is a given. And if he hits 290 at that point, it's like, do you even care about runs or stolen bases with a guy like Alvarez is not what you're looking for. Only downside potentially is, is do they play him in the field at all? Um, if they do, it increases his injury risk, but it also means he potentially fits places in your roster better than just the utility spot. Um, I don't think he's coming. I don't think he's starting the season with any positional eligibility. So, um, you you can't have Alvarez on your team if you're targeting somebody like JD Martinez or potentially even like like Chris Davis is possibly lacking in the in a in a position as well. So kind of depends on how you're building your roster. But I think I think Alvarez will end up top 15. Hmm. Alrighty. I am down with that. I think you are a smart man, and that's why you're on the show, Steve. First off, that's why he's on the hands Rico Blazo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Two L's, two Z's, Plaza Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Utah. Give me two. Yeah, now I'm in a rhythm. Now I feel it. We're good. We're good. But you're a smart guy, and that's why you're on the show. So I'm going to take that under advisement and consider what you've said. I'll listen to the show again later when I kind of add some music to it. YouTube's been getting pissed at us, so I've had to minimize some of the music on these live streams. It's, you know, God damn it, YouTube. I know this is live on YouTube, but fuck you, YouTube. How do you think of that, huh? Hopefully we don't. Hopefully we're insignificant enough that it doesn't matter. So. Oh, well, it's that's not the kind of thing that'll get YouTube pissed at you. So it's okay. <laughs> yeah, they could care less that I'm. No, they don't care. <laughs> yeah. But don't play. I on the Huey Lewis, the Power of Prospects song I did. Mm. It's it's the Huey Lewis music bed. Right. It's true. Yeah. It is. So it's not like a karaoke version of it. It was actual instrumental. Version and that of, seems like clear, fair use, right? Because if you're I, adding yeah. a whole new set of lyrics on top, it's a different song. That's that's nope. fair use. Somebody struck. It's not, work, it wasn't a. You know? It wasn't a strike, so it wasn't like you know, it wasn't the big one, but it was like oh, I see. copyright claim noted in blah blah blah, all these bunch of countries, and so you cannot monetize this. The well, good news, we're not monetizing anything, so I guess it's not that big a deal. But still, you never know. So. Mm-hmm. Just trying to be reasonable, but I wish we lived in a world. Man, remember the internet like 10, 12 years ago? Man, those were the glory days. Yeah, I've been working on the internet since 2004, so yeah. I know, so that's why I know you could understand what I mean when I say that. Those are the days. Those are the Wild 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 West. West. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Jinx, you owe me a coat. Okay, next up is ADP stuff. See, that is not something we've been struck and stricken with. So I don't know a, what the And that's a great there. one. Yeah. I I like kudos, man. This the, the music in this show is ridiculous. In all the best I, yeah. I love music. It's fun. If we great. can if we can incorporate music and talk about fantasy baseball all at once, I think that's a good day. Yeah. All right. Now these are radical. I admit that freely. In today's version of our ADP segment, we're talking about three hundred or wider gaps between two players. Okay. And which one would you really rather have? And okay. This first one I know is out there, but they both have outfield eligibility, so I put it on there. Would you rather have Dominic Smith, where he's going now, which, by the way, we're using ADP since February 1st on NFBC.com, in case you want to follow along and be like, oh, hey, I didn't know what you guys were up to. So we'd like to make sure people know what kind of ADP references we're using. February 1st to today, and this is on NFBC.com. Would you rather have Dom Smith, or would you rather wait 300-plus picks for Gregory Polanco? Like if you could, um, and we're talking at outfield here, obviously right, not the right. first base area. So. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, I think that's a good question. I think if I maybe it's maybe it depends a little bit on how my roster is being constructed. 
Yes. It would. Um, that's, I mean, that's fair. That's yeah. Fair. I mean, because I think, look, neither, obviously, neither of them are like a superstar in anywhere, but like Smith's going to get you that average we've been talking about that, that, that Polanco won't. And, and, and I think that's baked into the ADP, right? Like Smith's a little bit more of a well rounded player except he doesn't have any speed. So if you are looking for speed, then Polanco is on your radar as one of those late round guys that you can get where, yeah, you're going to get maybe 10 stolen bases, but you're going to take a hit in your average. So, there's kind of like that. I think that where we're talking, you know, around 100 versus around 400 something. Um, uh, I got him at 497 on NFC. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. All right. So Wait higher. Yeah. Yeah. So Polanco's basically free. Yeah. I think I'd take and Smith. I, I think the combination of average and power, I think I'd take Dominic Smith. But what about playing time, though? I mean, uh, it's a major issue. No DH, unless you think there's going to be a DH still. Well, I think, but that I think that equally affects both of them because I think that Polanco would have would get time with Pittsburgh at DH if there's a DH, and he. Well, he know. would, but like he's got nobody coming up at Pittsburgh has nothing. If the one thing Pittsburgh has, in my opinion, is they have playing time ready to go for yeah. guys like Polanco and Hayes and some of the main players. At this point, Stompers, you know, because Steamer is Stompers projecting 115 games for Polanco, 129 for Smith. So that's mm. kind of a wash. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I know Polanco's, you know perpetually injured so that's <laughs> right fair. i think that's what's baked in there yeah but yeah and i think i think you know at 220 like again projecting 224 average 18 homers eight stolen bases for plonko 267 22 homers and one basically zero stolen bases for smith i think i'd rather have the average than the speed even at that adp i just think dom smith is screwed if there's no dh there's just no way for him to really get a lot of playing time and it's going to either create a trade or he's going to have to wait on an injury for him to get some playing time i I really think this is a major issue for him more than anybody. I mean, if they trade J.D. Davis and bring in somebody like Chris Bryant, he's still going to be an odd man out. They don't want his glove in the outfield. There's nowhere else to play. Pete Alonso's locked in at first. There's no DH. Yeah. So I just don't see how Dom Smith can get the at-bats. And I'd rather have a guy, even if he gets hurt, who could potentially have a I mean, full season of on a garbage team playing in right field every day. So wait, so who, who do you have in their outfield after Nemo and Conforto that isn't Smith? Uh, all the good Jonathan VR. Um, really? hmm. yeah, I mean, he plays center field last yeah, but year, VR, but VR seems like much more of a, like a utility sort of defensive replacement guy. You're not going to bench Smith's bat because his glove isn't that great. And VR's bat is, yeah, but they're already nothing. sacrificing some defense, aren't they? Well, maybe a little, but I mean, that's, we do that all the time. How many, how many right fielders and left fielders in the world? Like can't catch for crap you know what i mean and and yes and, you know maybe they can throw and then i'll well, be honest got... i don't watch a ton of mets games so i'm not i don't watch a lot of Tom smith but like dude, what are you doing you're not watching that, mets games God. yeah right numbers alone it's eh, that, that outfield doesn't look that stacked i see smith west coast biased possibly but i think smith starts in the outfield with conforto and nemo but or nemo dude, i'm telling you with almora and vr there and they you know they have khalil lee now i mean he might not be ready but he's in the mix i just don't see a lot of playing time from we'll find out I'll, i could be wrong maybe i should have put this on my uh, insane fantasy <laughs> takes i don't know i i got my segments mixed up now i don't know what i'm doing anymore i'm lost in all these bits <laughs> but i no i stand behind it no i do okay i stand behind <laughs> it enough. fine fair enough that's we're we're allowed to debate on this show and, yeah. you know healthy discourse is good for the world in my opinion rock on yay <laughs> cool Okay, how about this next one? So there's this guy. Oh, this is your favorite. You're going to love this. Catchers. This is a catcher's one. <laughs> I know you love catchers. Uh, you listen to the beginning of the show. Dalton Varsho right now. Oh. Catcher eligible on NFBC. 153 ADP as of right now. 
Okay. Would you like to take Dalton Varsho at 153, or would you rather wait and 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 wait a little bit longer for Martin Maldonado of the Houston Astros at 517? Uh, is Maldonado still playing? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Believe so, it or not. So I think I think I I think I would have to take Varsho there. I think he's just he's going to get playing time in the outfield. So he's not going. I mean, he's even going to he's even going to be behind the plate for Arizona. Like I don't even know what their plans are. I don't think. Are. I mean Carson Kelly's yeah. still there, right? And... So and Maldonado is the throwawayest of throwaway type players. Let me just let me just real quick run down what I have for Maldonado's uh, <laughs> uh, projection. Seventy-two games. That sounds about right. Right, he's in a platoon, like all catchers are these days. A two-oh-two average, <laughs> twenty-eight runs, twenty-seven RBIs, seven homers. Seven homers. That's nice. But Varsho, eighty games, which actually probably too low. Probably needs to be higher uh, for him, given his flexibility. Uh, and then two-fifty-six average, which isn't great, but isn't killing your 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 ratios. 43 runs, 36 RBIs, 10 homers, and 10 stolen bases. So you get some speed. You know, you get basically the same amount of power as Maldonado, but like a reasonable average versus an average that you just don't want anywhere near your roster. So even with the large gap, I'll go for show. All right. So those of you who've been listening to the Hey, it's Rico Blasso Fantasy Baseball Podcast, you may be wondering, hey, this sounds like a no-brainer. But, <laughs> you know, Jason Castro's in Houston. He's 33, Maldonado's 34. They're both older, and they're both... Actually, Castro has more injury concerns recently. Uh, he has the better bat, I won't argue that, but Maldonado is he's sneakily productive at times. You know, he, mm-hmm. he can give you enough as a... I told you the ADP's way down. We're talking 500 right. plus. Yeah. So this is more like draft champions, draft and holds. Uh, I don't know, best balls, like deep leagues where you have a... You're going into like the 600s even. You know, this but is you're not I'm even considering about. him in a in a... In a thirty-round fifteen-teamer, though, that's the thing. That's right? true. In you're a thirty-round fifteen-teamer, yeah. like you're not even yeah. drafting Maldonado. That guy's that's a guy that you pick up for ten bucks of fab in, in in week four when you realize one of your catchers got hurt, and it's like nobody else wants him. So you you know you bid eleven bucks because somebody else is going to bid ten. So you try to mm-hmm. be sneaky, and that's you know what I mean. Like it's I don't see anybody who's drafting Maldonado. Like I just, I've drafted him twice, by the way. In, in fifty in fifty-round drafts, though, right? That is correct. NFBC fifties yeah, so okay. and yes. draft champions. That's so yes. correct. That makes sense. But in, in your, okay. in your TGFBI style, 23 man roster, seven reserves, 30 rounds, 15 teams, that sort of quote unquote standard Roto league. Uh, Maldonado is not going to be on those. I'm like, like here's, here, here, here's, here's a bet for you. There's what 29 TGFBI teams. Maldonado mm-hmm. doesn't get drafted on more than two leagues. I don't think he sits on a <laughs> roster after the draft on more than two of those 29 <laughs> leagues. I, I lock, am lock down. down. <laughs> I'm down. What, what are we betting oh, here? Wait, wait, wait. Uh, our, no, no, no. Two out of the 28 that aren't ours because you don't get to draft them in order to make one of them. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> the other right. 28 so the tw- leagues. The other 28 leagues. Okay. Uh, no yeah. more than two. Uh, yep. What do you like? What would you like to bet it on? I don't even know. What, what, what do you do? You, do you what got do you a standard like? thing? I don't even no, know. No, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really bet with people. If we, we could a bag be of physically chips near each other, there's there's another, there's a football podcast I listen to. They do water bets where they basically get to throw water at each other because that's funny. But we're oh. not. That'd be kind of hard from San Ramon to Ann Arbor. So, like, I don't think, uh, you know, that's a little far. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll come up with something else. But 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 okay. we're on the record is, uh, is, is that's that's the deal. all right fair enough that was a wild one i mean i know you love catchers and there's a passion there so i wanted to kind of feed off that passion you know right all right let's do one more uh let's do a pitcher we haven't done a pitcher 
Okay. Now, there's this guy that people love. Getting a lot of hype this year. His ADP is climbing and climbing and climbing. Tyler Molly, Cincinnati Reds. 176 ADP on NFBC since February 1st. Okay. You could have him there, or you could wait and wait and wait, like we always do, go down a couple of hundred rounds. And again, this gets deeper and deeper, because I made it 300 or wider, so this obviously is deep league stuff. But maybe somebody sees something they like in somebody and says, hey, I'm going to take that guy, because I think he's got something to provide. Would you rather have Alec Mills at 508? Oh, this is an interesting one because let me tell you something. Uh, Stomper ranks Alec Mills higher than Tyler Molly. Booyah! So Molly is 339th overall in Stomper at a $1 auction value. Nobody is allowed to be low $1 because even if Stomper thinks they should be worth negative, you can't bid less than a dollar in an auction, right? So that's set as a floor. Alec Mills, a $2 value. Uh, so twice the value. Two, $286 no overall. Last year. 286 overall uh very similar numbers honestly so it's not it's not like a real huge gap it looks like the biggest gap is in uh uh, let's see okay so molly wins out in strikeouts per nine uh it looks like he's gonna uh, stomper thinks they'll have similar quality starts but that molly is likely to lose more games and then it's era over five for molly 466 for um mills and then 135 whip for Mills, 144 for Molly. So basically, rate stats lean Mills' way, and it looks like uh, the system simply thinks he's less likely to lose as many games uh, as Molly is. So, yeah, I will definitely take Mills. Now, I have their ADPs at 170 for Molly and 393 for Mills, but um, these were updated just last week. So like maybe okay. that's, maybe, maybe Mills is creeping up these days. But, yeah, I'll take Alec Mills. Uh, his, the men on Alec Mills is 350, so... You know, that could uh, make more sense. That's yeah, more in line yeah. with that. Yep. I I think he's kind of undervalued. Uh, he's not. He's your classic guy that nobody wants because yeah. he's not flashy, like you said. <laughs> There's no strikeouts or anything. Yeah. Uh, but he certainly is going to have a role because the Cubs, you know, ship Darvish off, and they're kind of their rotation has opportunity. And he was already in the rotation, so I don't see yep. why he would leave the rotation. I don't. I'm not here to make this the official podcast of Alec Mills. We already have one official podcast name in sake. But, you know, someone thinking about it. There's just value deep in the drafts and later, and people and ADP get caught up in these webs, Steve. And, you know, it's like Lad was talking about, other people have talked about on the show, ADP. You know, the Rotosaurus guy said the same thing. ADP, it's just a bit of a guideline. Don't let it make yeah. choices for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, I completely agree with that, but I think that's why, uh, why I do the shading thing that I do, because it's like, it really only cares once, you know, the, the dark red and dark green are, are more than two rounds or 30 picks, uh, assuming a 15 round league or 15 team, uh, uh, league. Um, you know, when you've got more than two rounds of disagreement between what you have to consider the, the, the masses, right. The ADP is sort of the opinion of the masses and, sure. and a projection system saying, well, I think this instead that's worth calling out. Um, Small differences don't matter, and 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 but but this is an interesting one. I'm glad I'm so glad this is kismet that you brought this up because this is one where Stomper is so um, in disagreement with the sort of conventional wisdom um, that it's interesting to to look at and say, well, actually, like if you're looking if you're if you are drafting by Stomper projections, you wouldn't even be considering Molly because his ADP is uh, half the actual like rank. It's it's you know way way out of whack with what Stomper thinks he'll do. All about value, baby. All about value. Okay, there is a little bit of ADP fun. ADP is Kyle Tucker, top 30. 
listening to the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Palazzo Podcast on Twitter, two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. If you want to send us an email, we are working on creating a listener league. So I want you guys to all stay tuned for that. It's going to happen. I just got to figure out where and how, but we definitely want to get it rolling and make our debut and join the ranks of all the other podcasts that have their own listener leagues. I mean, it's, you're not really a podcast until you have your own <laughs> listener league. Am I right, Steve? I want in on that league too. So, Of course. I mean, yeah, you're definitely going to be in on that. <laughs> no doubt about it. But now it is time to break down Steve's fantasy foundation. And this is a great part of the show for me because I get to really – Open up your, crack your head open and see what's going on inside of there. He's not going to sell the farm. Why are we saying this? He's not going to give away everything and tell us all his <laughs> secrets, but he can give us another perspective from what I think is a pretty reputable fantasy player in Steve Paulo. So, Steve, this is the question we always ask first. What's the first thing you do when you sit down for a new year of draft prep? I mean, for me, it's going to be different, I think, than almost everybody you talk to, because for me, it's about, it's about, pulling new data into Stomper and, and, and seeing kind of what gets spit out. Um, I had to do, I had to redo some of the software this year. So that was delayed a little bit, but usually like that's, I don't start a draft until I have like a reasonable sort of Stomper output. And even if I know I'm going to tweak some things, whatever, I want at least a baseline of like, you know, who, you know, does the top 10 pass the sniff test? Okay. Yeah. Then nothing broke. Let's, let's continue on and, and project further. Um, and so for me, that's the thing. And I think that similarly, you know, the way that, the listeners of your show who do not have a complicated piece of software that does this for them. Um, you know, it, it, it is in every, in a sense, we all do rankings. Okay. I understand that that's different from person to person. And maybe it takes the, the, the form of literal, like this person's better than that person who's better than that person. I want them in this order and you're stringent about it. Maybe it's tears. Like, like Vladimir and Vlad talked about, I heard him you know, too, talking about tiers. He doesn't really do rankings, but that is a sense in, in a sense that is ranking. Um, or somebody like Dave McDonald, who I think has probably got, you know, his guts on his gut feeling on people. And there's, and there's, well, you know, I know what, you know, this player, like I've seen the, the, the changes he's made or the, the, you know, the approach has changed and this, this and that. So we're all, I think the first thing we all do is sort of rank the players. And for some people, that's going to be like real literal. And for other people, it's going to be real abstract. Um, but you can't really go into a draft without, from the beginning, having some understanding of, you know, your opinion on what a player is going to do. Because really, when you when you boil it down, we're not drafting players, right? We're drafting home runs and batting average and stolen bases and wins and strikeouts, right? And we have to rely on real human beings to provide those. And there are certain expectations we can put on people, but you know, you can't go into a draft, uh, uh, you know, like starting your first draft of the spring or whatever with like, well, I can't wait to draft, uh, Freddie Freeman for, cause of all the stolen bases he'll give me. It's like, no, Freddie Freeman is going to steal one or two bases on pitcher indifference or whatever. You know what I mean? And it's not going to be like, he'll get a couple, but like, no, you're drafting Freddie Freeman. Cause he's going to hit almost 300, maybe over 300. He's going to get you a hundred RBI. He's going to get you 30 home runs, whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, and even if those numbers aren't what you think, if you think it's 40 homers and 120 RBIs, or you think it's a, a 310 average or a 270, it's like, the point is you think something. And as long as that's rooted in some kind of reality, whatever reality you needed to be rooted in. Um, that's great, but that's, you know, but that's what you're doing. And so whether it's putting Freeman in a top tier of first baseman or, 
literally counting his his projected numbers and going, well, I'm going to draft him because I'm going to get 30 home runs and a, and a 300 batting average out of him. Great. But if you're, like I said, if you're, if you're like, well, you know, I can't wait to draft Adalberto Mondesi for his 50 home runs, you're not doing your homework. Like you just don't know who the players are, right? So that ranking yes. has to happen to some extent for everybody to start. So that's where I start. Hmm. You know, I don't love saying that you're right. Uh, no, I mean, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I'm happy to say that you're right, but it, the fact that you said that, yes, we are drafting stats and not players, and I don't like to look at it like that, but you are right. It's, uh, it's the non-romantic know. way to look at it. And I look, I love baseball, and I'm romantic about baseball. Don't get me yes. wrong. I'm not like, yes. I'm not like, I, Joe Morgan probably thought I would try, you know, if he was still around, would think that I'm trying to ruin baseball with numbers, but it's not. I love baseball. <laughs> There's nothing better to me, you know, than Josh Hamilton missing the fly ball in center field at the last game of 2012 to give the A's the division crown in a year that they weren't supposed to do crap. Like, there's nothing better to me, you know, than than Dave Stewart getting two starts in the World Series because of a friggin' earthquake. Like, that stuff is baseball, right? I mean, that's, in that case, both those things are A's baseball. But, you know, I'm romantic about that stuff. But when it comes to fantasy ball, like, especially something like TGFBI Raslam where you're really going for bragging rights or you're doing, I mean, I don't have the kind of scratch to do like main event or any of the big NFBC things, but like, you know, if you're doing like an NFB 50 or a Fantrax 50 or 25 or something, and there's some money on the line, uh, the romanticism goes out the door. I, I am drafting a spreadsheet full of numbers and, and you know, the skill in it is, 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 is the major part of it, but you can't start from anywhere other than what do I think these guys are going to do? You got to take the emotion out of the money situation. Yeah, I think true. so. I agree with that. And I do really believe in the mental health aspect of the game. I think it's important. We try to talk about it here on the show sometimes. These are players, are human beings, and you did yeah. say that. It's not like you're dismissing that entirely at all. It's just important to know context. It's all about context. Right. You know, if we're writing a poem about baseball, then we'll go to town on it. But And I like how you took a parting shot at the now – departed joe morgan so he can't i loved but. joe morgan obviously joe morgan is a legend but in his in his uh not a good broadcaster post, though in his post playing days uh i had more than a few qualms uh with some yes. of the things he said uh you know his, his constant railing against the robot that wrote Moneyball was always a, a source of of hilarity to me uh, so old man on the porch it's yeah. really you know, he really was screaming at clouds but i'll get so. you kids <laughs> you're all gonna die but there's, but there's no denying uh, as far as i'm aware everyone who i know who's ever met joe morgan said he was a great guy uh, obviously sure. one of the best second basemen ever to play the game so clearly all, he's a better guy love, than pete rose oh god yeah i can only imagine uh, all the love in the world to joe morgan um yeah but uh maybe this is boy. a dumb question but okay. is the importance of league strategy it's very important right oh yeah like well you again so it, it, if you're thinking about it from a romantic standpoint maybe it's kind of like well, whatever it's fantasy baseball it's like but the second you start thinking about it a little more coldly if all you're doing is drafting numbers those numbers have to add up to some kind of victory you know in some way it matters uh, well what are the categories that count uh is it points based is it weekly head-to-head um you know, is it season long Roto? Uh, what, how many players are you drafting against? You know, how many teams are there? What's the player pool? I mean, obviously there's a huge difference between a, a 15 team mixed and a 10 team AL. Suddenly that 10 team AL is way deeper than the 15 team you were playing in because, you know, now you have to draft, uh, uh, you know, the backup catcher for like every, for every AL team is going to get drafted, you know? Um, so yeah, you have to factor that in. It, it doesn't make any sense to play the game if you're not going to pay attention to the rules. 
I would agree with that, yes. And I'm not talking about just the settings either. I'm talking about your actual strategy for leagues. you got to have it prepared. If you go into a new type of league that you've never played in before and you don't know what yeah. your layout is and what the what the goal is, like you said, how many numbers do I need to reach yeah. all the stat cats, uh, where are players going to be, have I done mocks, or have I at least looked at where certain players are going. If you don't know all those things and how there's a difference between a best ball draft and a roto draft, yeah. you, you're going to be in trouble. Well, I think like a good example, I think a great example is, is somebody who I like a lot this year, who a lot of people don't. I like Adalberto Mondesi, and I, I have no problem in a season-long roto scenario taking him and dealing with the hit to my average later in the draft. Not much later. you got to deal with it, I think, in the first 10 rounds because great high average guys aren't going to come a whole lot later than that. But the, the, the cheat code of steals that you get out of Mondesi compared to the entire field is completely ridiculous. If I was playing and I don't play head to head weekly scoring, cause I, I don't like it and I don't like the tension of it. But uh -oh. if I were playing in that, I would never in a million <laughs> years draft Adalberto Mondesi for a head to head. I don't care. I don't care if he fell to the seventh or eighth round, I would be leaving him alone. Because you never know when he's going to decide to turn it on and when it's going to he's ever seen in my life. And I, and I don't get, but this is the thing is I, I've heard people use that as an argument against drafting him. And I'm like, look, I understand you have to set a lineup, but like outside of a truly crazy deep draft and hold where like, yeah, maybe, you know, you're dealing with her. Are you really saying that in any given week? you've got somebody out of your seven reserves compared to your 23 active players that you're going to swap out for Mondesi really ever in a season long scoring format. No, you're not shut up. Like just let him play and he'll have weeks that are just terrible. And then you'll have a week where he steals 10 bags, you know, and it's like, it's going to happen. Like, but yeah, in a head to head scoring thing where you got to worry about winning individual weeks, I would never touch Mondesi, not with a 10 foot cattle prod. Uh, who do you trust for fantasy advice besides yourself? I mean, or, lots, you know, what entity it could be, whatever. <laughs> lots of people. I mean, honestly, I think that part of, of the best part of uh, a couple of years ago, joining the, the, like I said, the real fake dynasty league for the guys from real fake baseball, Paul Martin and Walter uh, McMichael put together as I got to know a bunch of people uh, who I otherwise, you know, wouldn't have met. And now, and now more and more and folks like you and, and, you know, like you have Vlad Sedler on and Dave McDonald just this year, I, I started following. And, and I think that it's, for me, it's all about lots of signal, you know, obviously curating down to where you're not hearing a bunch of just junk, but like if you have a carefully curated set of people that you're listening to uh, from broad backgrounds and varied experiences, then it's more about what names do I keep hearing, right? I don't really care about any individual person telling me X, Y, or Z about somebody. What names keep coming up? What do my numbers say about that person? Maybe I should re-examine, you know, whatever. Um, I found it, found it real interesting when I first put Stomper out this year and kind of asked a bunch of people in the know in the industry for their opinion, um, there was a bug and it was that Zach Plesak did not show up under starting pitchers. I had this problem where some, some people who were starting pitchers didn't show up under that filter. It was just a software bug, um, but he was one of them. So one of the first, like two or three people, almost immediately after I said, here it is. I'd love for opinions. You know, here's the first run of it. Justin Tur uh, Justin Mason was one of them. A couple of people all said, you're missing Plesak. Where's Plesak? And I looked and I didn't have a search at that time. So I had to go looking for him. Oh, he's here. Oh, it's just a bug. Okay. So I fix it and I look at it. And like, I realize everybody's talking about that guy. Like I can't get away from yeah. Zach Plesak talk anymore. I've literally seen multiple people talk about muting that term on Twitter um, <laughs> because so many were talking about Plesak. And so it's like, I look into it a little more and obviously he's a divisive 
player. There are people who really bought into 2020. Other people who are saying, oh, we don't know if that's him or not. Stomper doesn't hate him, but doesn't love him. And at his ADP, I probably won't have any shares in Plesak because Stomper's got him at 153rd overall. And he's going in like the 50s at this point, I think. So it's like, I'm probably not going to own a lot of Plesak. But like, that's somebody I knew I had to look into. And if that was someone that the overwhelming majority of the of the signal I'm bringing in was positive on, then I would have to go back and look and see, is there anything that I, that the, the way this is looking at, like really is ignoring, is there anything that like, I really need to sort of double check? Um, not saying that I necessarily am, am, am of the mind that specifically for Stomper, I would tweak anything, but for my own, you know, I don't, I don't draft blindly off of even Stomper because to me it, it is just another system and it's not my opinion. It's, it's my opinion of what an algorithm should do to deliver projections. But then on a person player by player basis, it's not my opinion going into it. It's just the cold algorithm. Um, and that has its value, but it's just one piece of the puzzle, even for me. So that would be something where I would go, well, you know, if, if, if the overwhelming majority of people I was listening to said, please X, the guy you got to have, please X this year, maybe I would, you know, bump him up. Um, really? there's enough divisiveness with that particular player that I'm comfortable just saying, well, if he fell to me to the point where for whatever reason, the group of people I was drafting with also didn't like him <laughs> and he fell to me in like the, I don't know, let's say sixth round, seventh round. Yeah. yeah I'd go for that. Sure but he's not going to, <laughs> he's going to be gone in the fourth every time. Like probably yeah, <laughs> by, by the fourth, drafting, you know? but you're yeah. probably right. Yeah, you're yeah. probably right. I got to tell you, man, please act. Biggio, I would say even, and Dylan Moore. Those are some of the uh, buzziest Moore. players you hear. In fact, yeah. <laughs> throw a siren on for them. They all need their own siren. That's what they yeah. need. There we go. Driven not, in the ground. Not one of those players, by the way, does Stumper think is a value. Stumper thinks all three of them are being overdrafted. So, officially. Boy! See? Yeah. Right from Steve Paulo's mouth, folks. That's why we had him on. Uh, do mock drafts help? I don't think so. Um, yeah. I, I did the two early mocks with uh, Justin Mason and those guys right after the World Series. That was a lot of fun, but it was pretty ridiculous. I mean, I was drafting in November for for the following year. Uh, and that was fun just to get, you know, just to be involved in that stuff. But uh, some people are really drafting then, though, and they say they can get the value. Uh, then. I guess I, I don't have that kind of crystal ball. So but uh, yeah, I don't I don't really think I think too many mock drafts people get screwy with. I think that, you know, your best bet is to, um, you know, draft in just some like lower stakes or, or you know, like in a system that you're going to play plan on playing more in, but just start small, even stuff that you know, obviously is like free or whatever. And but make it teams that you're drafting for real and that and i think more importantly the other players are drafting for real because that's the problem you run into is people not taking mocks seriously um then they're not helpful to you right if they don't represent like a real scenario i think you're much better off looking at adp that is built off of real drafts that are happening and sort of you know going through the the walking through a draft with that and saying if you know if i put myself in like the fourth spot well, okay, who's who's there? Who's going to be there at four? Well, probably not Tatis, probably not Acuna, maybe not Cole. You know, like who, who you know, look at maybe not Soto, whatever, and go through and see. Well, where should I go? And just do it off ADP. You can mock draft your your way from any position, you know, from any draft spot if you want to do it that way. And you're not going to get somebody who is trying out some wacky new, uh, uh, you know, strategy, kind of screwing up <laughs> with what you're trying to do at that point. Fair enough. We've already talked about the value of projection systems to you in a sense. I think we get that. We under, we understand that part. What about somebody that we don't know that we should know? Is there somebody that you could pump up that deserves a little bit of exposure on this show today? Oh, man. Um, 
I mean, I don't know, like, you know, who, who is known or not known. I felt like for well, a little come while. Come on, you're not in the clicks, dude? Come on. No, no, no. I just mean, like, I think everybody, everybody that I know about, I feel like is well known because I don't, I don't know the, the secret folks, you know, kind That's of thing. Okay. I think you don't have while, to have an answer. I say, I think for a while, Mike, you were, you were sort of my dude. This is the guy you should be listening to is, is Govier. So, oh. uh, but now you're, you're big time now, man. You got Vlad Sedler on, like, pfft. It's a hard act to follow, by the way. I'm I'm, I'm going to forever be immediately after Vlad in in the uh, episode progression progression. Oh yeah, just, but well, p- see, this is why you got to go deep <laughs> into the numbers because there's a whole weekend buffer that gave you guys time. People people will never know that. Sure, sure. So, all right, that's fine. Yeah, I do appreciate that, Steve. I think we both support each other, and we've done a good job of doing that. So, and we only do it because we actually think we're both providing something that is. I've always useful. said, Mike, you're a good egg. And that's true. I, thank you. I do. <laughs> You're the only guy who calls me that. And I will always, whenever I think of a good egg or I think of eggs, you generally get in my brain pretty quickly. So big, big ball thank you, Steve. Like an egg. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah. Well, you're a good egg too, as you know. Takes one to know one. There you go. Uh, all right. Well, boy, we got some other things we got to do to wrap up the show. So I'll, I'll ask you one more thing. What about the 2021 innings confusion Ugh. and nightmare here six-man rotations yeah. uh how are you applying what we had in 2020 with the you know crazy season and all that and the short season and applying it to 2021 with the innings pitches yeah so like i said right now playing time I, i'm lifting from steamer i'll just be honest like I, I don't i don't feel confident in my ability to project playing time um all of stomper's statistical projections are based off sort of a performance per playing time unit and right now that's plate appearances for batters and innings pitched for pitchers although i think i want to tweak that a little bit and make it batters faced and sort of base everything off of that baseline but for now it's innings pitched and um and i'm just lifting that from steamer at this point and i want to you know figure out how to not do that but that's a process that having been said i'm treating 2020 just like a regular season because a it's 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 blended in with their previous two seasons uh, if they have to you know minor leagues if necessary um there is age progression and regression that occurs there's a regression to the mean so it's it's taking into account that if 2020 was truly an outlier for a player's uh, uh career positive or negative it's being tempered uh, already just by the nature of the stomper system so I'm not doing anything special with 2020. I had considered for a while, boy, do I, do I treat 2020 and 2019 together as like a super season, you know, and treat them whatever. And it just didn't make any sense. Every, every time I would get some, you know, test output from that, it looked crazy. It was just not, didn't look right. Um, and then I would have to reach back to like 2017 to get like the, the low end of that projection system. And that's so far in the past. So it didn't make sense to me. So I'm treating 2020 like normal. Uh, you know, playing time, I'm not worried about too much, uh, the, the, the numbers out of the pitching IP, uh, projections out of steamer are pretty conservative to begin with. I think there's like four guys, three or four guys projected for 200 IP, uh, not more than that. Um, I know I saw that six man rotation thing from, I think the Mariners most recently. And I looked and I, I only had Marco Gonzalez at 181. Everybody else was already under 160 innings for them in stomper so it's like eh, i don't feel like there's any need to tweak that i think marco could get to 180 even if they claim you know they'll cap at 170 are they really going to shut marco gonzalez down if they're in a pennant race at the end of the year <laughs> really come on mariners in a pennant race that's funny. well the way the al west is going it's getting pretty top heavy so yeah it's probably a long shot but oh, it'll, be, like more, it'll be more about it'll no be offense more about, sam <laughs> no offense sam out there if you're listening it'll so. be more about uh if the uh, a's and mariners are in a battle to stay out of the cellar that's really what will happen 
Come on, dude. Every year the A's always overperform. You know, know that. You're just being that. a fan right now. Well, that's what you're doing. I know what you're doing. <laughs> you're doing the old low reverse ex- jinx and yeah, all that. Expectations. Yeah. I want every year to be 2012. What can I? That's say? like going to every movie when I used to go to the movie theater before COVID. Yeah, always right. low expectations, and then then I'll be like, oh wow, well that was not so bad. I, right. I agree with your format and your <laughs> approach. Okay, I could ask a bunch more, but I want to make sure we get a shine or ride the pine in because there's no way you can come on the show and not do a shine or ride the pine, <laughs> especially since we've used Stomper so much. Love it. We got to get Steve's opinion, but we're not going to use Stomper because, you know, that's your own projection system. I assume yeah. you would probably agree with most of it. So Pretty much. <laughs> we're good. Okay, so today on Shine or Ride the Pine, by the way, it's the Hayes Regal Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, Palazzo Podcast, ProtonMail.com, Palazzo Podcast on Twitter, two L's, two Z's. Give me two. In China, ride the pine today. Steve Paulo is going to go head to head with Carmeirano, our own Roto fanatic, wonderful writer and creator of projections and so much more. I mean, the guy really knows baseball inside out. He's a huge Cubs fan, which is kind of lame, but you know, we'll let that slide. Fly the W, Carm. <laughs> he does. He does. Yeah. Uh, but we have his projections, which he. He got to me recently. He's like, hey, Mike, well, why don't we use my projections on the show since we both work at Rota Fanatic? And I was like, you know, that makes sense. That's that's yeah. reasonable. I mean, I'm I'm not saying, don't worry, Stomper will still be a part of the show, Steve. Don't worry. I want you to know that. Well, I appreciate it. We're not that. dismissing him. Of course. We're never going to dismiss Stomper. First of all, it's the most badass name for a projection system of all the projection systems. I don't care if it's right more often than other systems. Stomper will always be the sweetest name for a projection system. Thank you very much. It's just true. All right, so let's see what Steve Pottle has for us in Shine to Ride the Pine, courtesy of Carm Mayorano's projections. You can follow Carm at Carm's Clubhouse on Twitter, and you can read articles on rotofanatic.com by him, including his new barrel board related to fastballs. Who's got the fastest barrel on fastballs in the league? Go check out his barrel board. It's really cool. It's right next to the Dado Monster at the top of our page on rotofanatic.com. All right, first things first. Let's start with... Marcel Ozuna, you may have heard of him. Yeah. 37 home runs penciled in, according to Carmen Marano. Shine or ride the pine? Um, Stomper's a little lower than that, but I, I actually think Shine. I think I, I think going back to Atlanta is going to be good for him. I think that's a good park for him. Um, yeah, I think, I, I mean, like I said, Stomper actually has him only at 30, but but I kind of think that might be a little low. I think Ozuna is uh, poised to have a big year, so I'll say Shine. Ooh, Okay. I like it. That's fun. I, he was so good last year. Yeah. Again, though, you know, short sample size. So we don't know what to expect <laughs> this year. But he's also been good in other years. But he's also yeah. been not so good in other years. In St. He's Louis, a, he wasn't that great. He's a talented ball player, though, and I think that he he really benefit. I think he likes playing in that park. So, okay. Well, here's a here's a messy one. Giancarlo oh. Stanton, ah, the pal. Love Stanton. So, you love Stanton. Love Stanton. Yeah. So do I. Thirty-seven great. home runs again. Thirty-seven or more. Oh, yeah, okay. That's See, I love him. I don't know if I love him that much. Uh, injuries, injuries, I just, injuries. Thing. I don't think he'll play enough games. Like, I just, you know, look, in that ballpark, and, and obviously in the AL with the DH and at Yankee Stadium, he's got every opportunity to do it. And I think if he plays, if he plays like a full 150 games, then yeah, sure. But I don't think he will. So I'm going to have to say ride the pine. I, I think he comes in under 35. It's close, though. Well, he keeps falling though in drafts, and I've been taking him because I'm yeah. like, shoot, I'll, if I get, I got him at pick 165 in the Battle wow. Podcast season oh, two. Yeah. Oh, you got it. I yeah, if he's it. on the board there. You got it. You got to take that for sure. Absolutely right. Yeah, and yeah. people are like, well, good luck. Call the medic. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that, Maddie Davis. I'm not going to forget it. When he hits 35 home runs this year, I'm going to shove that in your face, guaranteed. 
You should never listen to Dodgers fans. I love Maddie, but you know. <laughs> that's uh, okay. That's a fair point, but you know he might be a Reds fan if he moves to Cincinnati. He's gonna be relocating. We'll see. Anywho, all right. I'm glad you like Stan. That makes me feel a bit better. Uh, yeah. Alex Verdugo. He's wow. a guy, speaking of batting yeah. average, if you're looking for good average, yep. and that's a guy you want to locate. Can you? We expect him to hit 291 or better this year. Yeah, absolutely. Shine that. Yep. Oh. 100%. Yeah. Stomper's got him 289. That, that's that's a, a, a hair you know difference or whatever. I think absolutely. I think he's going to he's gonna hit at the top of that lineup. It's going to be a lot of runs. He's going to hit for average. I think Verdugo is a super interesting player. I think that right now he's maybe being overdrafted a little, not by much, but you know, I think, uh, you know, in a 15 teamer, if he's available, I don't know, in like the seventh or eighth, I'll take him, but he's going kind of late sixth, early seventh, I think in a lot of, of drafts these days. And so that might be a little too rich for my blood. Maybe not targeting him at that stage, but no, I think he's definitely in that 290, 295 range. Beautiful. Here we go. It's an Oakland A, Matt Chapman. Oh, my favorites, yeah. personal favorite. The hip injury? Are we, should we be worried about the hip injury? Or is of course, no. Oh, I mean, you, you have to. Well, you have to be worried about it. I mean, it's. I, I think he plays a full season. That doesn't mean he's old chappy. Like I think that you know, um, the problem with a guy like that, it's it's like the Eric Burns problem, which is something that that A's fans have dealt with for years, and, and, and Josh Reddick the same thing. Some guys are so able to play through pain that they end up playing through more of an injury than they should. Exactly. So they stay on the field. But they're just not quite as effective, and I and I, that would be my worry for Chappie this year. Um, I think that's but what I think, happened in old school days of sports. Most guys played yeah. through pain, and they hurt themselves more, and actually ruined their careers back in the seventies and the sixties. Yeah. and all. I mean, days. there's no way that you know Garrig and Ripken played the games that they played without break, without hurting, right? No. <laughs> Obviously, they played no. through a lot of pain. Um, but yeah, so I think no. So yeah, I think. Uh, well, what's the question about Chappie? I, I, I well, that's know. like saying Taco Bell won't give you diarrhea. I mean, in the end, we all know the oh. truth, don't we? <laughs> It's worth it. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. Uh, 87 or more runs scored. How about that one? Yeah. Yeah. Shine for sure. I've, I've got him at 90. And if he does, if he gets to 100, it wouldn't shock me. So um, I think that's going to be a very top heavy lineup. I think that after Olsen, Chapman, Loriano, you're not getting it. There's not a ton of guys scoring runs in that lineup. I mean, there's a few, but there's not a ton. Um you know, we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens with Andrews. Um, but uh, and obviously Sean Murphy, as much as I dislike catchers, I got to love Murph. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he's he can, one of the he higher can... rated in 80. Yeah, wise. absolutely. No, I'm, top 140. I'm, I'm in in a couple dynasty leagues. I've been guys begging to get Murphy off my hands. And I'm like, no, I'm not not getting rid of not getting rid of Murphy in a in a two catcher dynasty league where I have him like no way. Um, yeah. But yeah, so no, I think I think 90 runs easy for Chapman. So I say shine. Well, here's a guy you might miss, your old pal Marcus Simeon. He's gone. Uh, yeah, such a good player. He's underrated. Two years ago, top three MVP finish. 2020, you know, wasn't so great to him. Now he's a Blue Jay. In 2021, can we expect Marcus Simeon to hit 20 or more home runs? Oh, easily. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I think I think I think 20 is the baseline. I think that's his floor. I think I think that if he if he continues to to grow into the the kind of hitter that because here's the thing Simeon yes he's a, you know he's, he's on quote the wrong side of 30 this is year 30 age 31 season but he spent so much time concentrating on on fielding at the beginning he started working with um with Wash in Oakland yeah. to get his fielding in place a few years ago that he really only started coming into his own at the plate the last couple seasons I think if he has any progression at all I think that you could you could you could potentially see 30 home runs out of him I'm not projecting 30 home runs for him but I think 20 is a floor for Simeon 
Okay. I have no beef with that. Kyle Lewis, reigning AL Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. He's dropping everywhere. People are not... People in the know or people who are willing to spend a lot of money on their drafts in high-stakes leagues, mm-hmm. they're not interested in Kyle Lewis. He falls in all the drafts. Can we expect him to hit 253 or better this year? That's going to be close. Uh, that's going to be close. Yeah. I... I Oh, he's 26. He's got every. He's got the skill. Um, got all the right, time, probably. Yeah, I'll say shine. I, I think hey! he can do it. Um, it's, it'll be cl- it'll be close. You know, if you had said 260, it would have been easy ride the pine for me. But uh, but at 253, I, I, I think he he's he's got the shot. Yeah. Okay. Second baseman supposedly for the Chicago White Sox, Nick Madrigal. <laughs> uh, can he steal 20 or more bases? Uh, yeah, yeah, 20. Yeah. Hey. Yes, okay. shine that. Great. I also think he's going to win a batting title. So, Ooh, well, that's, yeah, that's in his profile for sure. By the way, Carm hasn't projected for zero home runs this year, but that's something he doesn't do. I have runs. four. You know, I think some guys <laughs> just get lucky in a, in a, a fly Zero's ball. Zero's pretty harsh. Oh, yeah, <laughs> zero's hard. I don't know. I have very few people for zero home runs. I mean, sometimes a ball just ekes over that corner, you know, right by the foul pole or like sure. hits the foul pole or <laughs> whatever. The wet Merrifield home run with like yeah, expected you know, batting average of 164. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I've, I've got Madrigal to hit four, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was like one or two. Yeah. But yeah, 20 stolen bases, 305 average. Yeah. I think uh, Madrigal's got a good season ahead of him. Here's a guy that you're rooting for now Elvis Andrews, former uh-huh. rival. He's now yeah. in your squad. Mm-hmm. Can we expect Elvis to get 153 or more hits? 153, huh? Yeah. Well, I didn't give you batting average. I mean, no, I, I know. Yeah. Be, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's interesting. That's yeah. 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 No, that's right. So I've got him hitting. Let's let me think about the numbers. I've got him hitting 250 uh, in 566 at bat. So that's uh, not quite 150, is it? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that's probably going to be lower than that. I don't, I don't think his average is up in the 270s. So. Yeah, Connor's got him at 274 average. Yeah, no, I got to ride the pine on that. I don't think Andrew sits like that, especially, you know, that the foul territory in Oakland can be very unforgiving, uh, depending on the kind of uh, kind of hitter you are. And I don't, I'm not into batted ball profile, so I'm not really sure if Andrews is like a super ground ball or a super fly ball guy. But yeah. you know, a lot of pop ups turn into outs that wouldn't elsewhere in Oakland. So. <laughs> That is true. Uh, one more hitter here. This is a guy I love. I love, and I need to talk. I need to start talking about him a lot more. I don't know why I'm not. <laughs> Shohei Otani, the hitter, not the pitcher, uh, the hitter. Can we expect Shohei to give us 22 or more bombs this season? 22. Um, yeah, let's say yes. Uh, it's, it's a playing time thing for him, though, more than anything. Um, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say, shine on that though. I love his bat. It's so good. I don't know if what the deal is with the pitching. I'm not even going to go there, but I'm just saying as a hitter, this guy can steal bags, hit for a decent average and power. And I love him. I just love him. I do. I mean, I'm all in on show you a tiny, the hitter this year, 1000% because of the steals in particular, which are a nice way to fill your roster with like, you know, 15 steals. It's no problem. All right, pitchers. Let's talk about a guy named, uh, 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 I like him so much okay let's <laughs> we'll, we'll start with the reliever here rise Iglesias. a lot uh, of getting a lot of love a lot of passion a lot of excitement yep. for this guy yeah. 32 or more saves mm, it's right there uh he's yeah he's gonna be right there at that 30 29 to 31 32 
Um, just because I want to be a hater on the Angels, I'll say I'll say ride the pine on that. I think he comes in just under thirty. Oh, because, because I think the Angels, I think the Angels suck. So there. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a little more of a of a subjective, you know, opinion. But uh, <laughs> look, he's going to be the main guy getting saves in in Anaheim. But uh, yeah, I'll I'll say he gets just under thirty. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I think it was a triple play guys run last week and Mendy. I think Mendy said he's going to lead the league in saves. He's going to be like the top closer. So you never know who's going to be right. Somebody's going to say one thing. Someone's going to say another. In the end, the stats will tell the tale. And that's why we do this. There's no pushing. You got to go over or under on Chatter Ride the Pine. How about Trevor Bauer? You like Trevor Bauer? Not as a person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. 3.3. 3.3 ERA or lower. Oh, ride the pine on that. He's over 3.5. Yeah, I've got him at 3.78, and I would put money at 3.5 or worse. So, Okay. Yeah. Uh, We talked about him earlier in the show. Your pal, Chris Bassett. Yeah. We expect Chris Bassett to give us 17 or more quality starts. Wow. I don't have anybody that high. Like, so, yeah, no. Like, like, honestly, the way that... uh, the way that Stomper proje- projects quality starts, I think I have DeGrom and Cole at 15 apiece. So, uh, you know, maybe I need to look into my algorithms, but 17 is way off the charts for me. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> uh, Carm's, league, Carm's top quality starts guys are at 22. Wow. Well, maybe I'll look back at my system and see if I'm doing something. Because I'm, I'm calculating quality starts based on peripheral stats, and maybe there's a, a better way to approach that. I don't know. All right, well, let's try this one then. How about uh, 162 strikeouts for Chris Bassett? 162 or more? Oh, dude, again, you're like right. Like, honestly, I'm projecting him at 159. So, like, well, <laughs> if, hey. you got, if you got two more starts, it'd be an easy yes. Well, um, you can screw yourself before you answer. You could screw, you could be like, do the reverse jinx and say no. And right, then if he right. does it, you're like, yay, <laughs> woohoo, my team. Well, I think, I think what I'll actually say is I'm going to say ride the pine on that. And I think the reason is, is that I think that he that there's going to be more starts to more basically i think the a's are not going to do very well this year and i'm preparing myself for that and part of that is going to be end up being calling up some young pitchers uh uh, later in the season i think guys like bassett you know won't necessarily get as many starts as they otherwise might so okay fair enough christian javier of the houston astros came up he's got good minor league numbers too the track record seems to show a guy who's pretty good i'm not buying it this year but let's see what (laughs) steve paulo thinks who we expect him so give us an ERA of 3.85 or lower. No, ride the pine on that. Yeah. Good call. Stomper's got him at 4.3, which isn't terrible. Um, it's obviously not great. Um, no. But, uh, you know, he's a young guy, and he'll, he'll, he'll grow into it, but I don't think this is his season. Michael Pineda of the Twins. He finally came back after that suspension and all the tough times yeah. he had last year. Looked pretty good in a very, again, uh, small sample size. <laughs> but in 2021, you know, they let him fly and run free. Could we expect him to have 11 or more wins? I would say no, but I think Minnesota is going to be pretty good. Um, 11 or more. 11 or more? I'll say, yes. I'll say shine. I'll say shine. Hey! You said more. If you said more than eleven, I would have been the other way. But eleven or more, I'll take it. Yeah, okay. I think he can right. get. To, I think he get to eleven. That's fine. I have no beef with that whatsoever. <laughs> uh, Mike Miner. This is a guy that some people are saying, "Whoa, watch out for." It could be a fun season in Kansas City for him. Yep. How about a one point two one WHIP or lower? 
No, no, he's a one three. He's a one three plus, I think. Not by much. You know, he's he's not, he's not going to ruin you. But uh, yeah, <laughs> you I don't, ruined me. Yeah. Well, yeah. When I mean, you see like a one five on a guy, and you're like, oh my god, like I can't even like he's going to destroy the whole staff. But you know, that's not Mike Miner. But yeah, I can't go. I can't go that low. I'll ride the pine. Okay, Matthew Boyd, my own Detroit Tigers oh, starting yeah. pitcher. God awful last year. Uh, <laughs> this year, though, hey, new beginnings. He's the ace of the staff. Although Spencer Turnbull might actually be the ace. I of like staff, Turnbull a lot. Yeah, me too. I went out. I went out on there. a limb for uh, with uh, uh, Bubba from uh, uh, Bench with Bubba Pod. He asked, "Hey, for, he'll uh, be on the show Wednesday with that oh, yeah. crazy." By the way, yeah, no, they're awesome. I love Toby and Bubba. They, they asked about uh, go out on a limb on a player that'll be you know top top one hundred SP, and I said Spencer Turnbull, and I honestly think that it you know. Fingers crossed. I mean, he could. If he puts it all together, he could be a top, top, top hundred player. So, dude, I love it. I am yeah. so down with that. That's what makes me happy. Woohoo! All right. Uh, we'll do a couple more here and then we'll wrap it up, as they say in the business. Well, I don't think you actually asked me anything about Boyd. <laughs> oh, I didn't? You mentioned Boyd, but then you didn't like ask for like that. <laughs> we got, we got turned on to Turnbull there. So, but uh, I think Boyd's okay, going to be uh, good for strikeouts, not great for ERA, if you, uh, if you want to know just in general. Like, Oh, yeah, 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 that makes sense. Uh, so how about this? Yeah, Boyd, 9.5K9 or higher, 9.5. I'll go over that, yeah, yeah. I have him at, okay. uh, I mean, I have to do the math real quick. Let's see, 185. I have him at, uh, oops, that's the wrong. Oh, my gosh, why is this not? Oh, wait, I know what I'm doing wrong. Hold on a second. Uh, what is happening, Steve? What day is I this? I know, I know, I know. Hold on. Uh, I have 10.1, so there. I have just, over, just over 10K per nine. Okay. All right. I can respect that. Uh, I really would love to see Boyd do something cool this year and maybe get back to basics, but, you know, yeah, that comes society with a five and such. ERA, you know. That comes with a five ERA, by the way, so don't get too excited. About, oh, <laughs> yeah. well, that's that makes more sense what you're yeah. saying. About, <laughs> that's a little more of a – I don't know. People really bought into Boyd last year. There was a ton of hype. I remember Pitchalist was saying yeah. stuff. A lot of people were like, dude, this is it. This is the year, and then it didn't happen. So. Yeah. How about this guy, though? Pablo Lopez of the Marlins. A lot of excitement around him. People are like, dude, this is the way to go. But I want to know what Steve Paolo thinks. That's why we're asking him. How about this? A 3.56 ERA or lower. Definitely ride the pine on that. Yeah. I, 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 people are seeing things the algorithm is not because Stomper is projecting a 4.53 ERA for Pablo Lopez. So. Well, there you have it, folks. <laughs> Directly from his mouth, Steve Paolo says it. It will be done by Kingdom right. Come. Don't, yeah, don't, don't put that. Don't put that evil on me. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's a lot to put on someone. How about yeah. this, real quick? James Paxton. James Paxton's in Seattle now. Yeah. Can we expect James Paxton to have a K nine of eleven point or just eleven or higher? Eleven. Eleven. Whoa. Eleven. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm I mean, probably this is a guy who can no. strike guys out. So. Yeah, I'm gonna say no. Stomper got him at ten eight to ten nine, so it's close. But eleven is a lot. I'm gonna say ride the pine on that. Okay. Well, hey, if you say it, I believe it, man. You know, <laughs> you know what you're talking about. You are a I, wise I hope man. So. <laughs> and, no, you do. I mean, you know, nobody can predict the future. But as much as any of us are trying to, oh, let me give you one more. I, I want to give you mm-hmm. a Jesus Lizardo quick, since you're an A's ah, guy. I love Lizardo. Okay, you love Lizardo. Yeah. Can we expect him to have a whip? A whip. Of 1.17 or lower. Under 1.2, one, 1.17 one, one, is tougher. I'm going to, you know what? Just because I want to will it into existence, I'm going to say shine. Yep, let's do it. I think he can definitely get under 1.2, but uh, 1.17 one, is a tall order. But let's say shine. 
There it is. Bingo. All right. Let's try to ride the pine with my main man, Steve Paolo of Stomper Projections. That was a lot of fun. Thanks to Carmeirano for letting us use the projections. That was cool. We finally got Good it stuff. on the show. He's going to be happy. Everyone wins. It's a yeah. win-win for everybody. All right. I'm going to I'm gonna have to look back at my quality starts uh, methodology there because I might maybe I'm missing something that I didn't, didn't realize. Well, that's cool. If you yeah. can have like a takeaway from the show, I think exactly. that's a nice little bonus. It makes me feel good. I always want to know, like, hey, what are we talking about? Does it make sense to other people? Or is this <laughs> exactly. not something you want to be doing? I don't know. I, I think it's cool when people who are guests on the show have takeaways. So kudos to you, Steve. So there you go. I have so much to do right now. I think we got to end the show there. I have like 10,000 <laughs> things I got to do. Uh, I got an auction draft that just started, and oh I've never gosh. done one before. And I got to do a book club with my girlfriend. Oh, my God, there's so much to do. So, Steve, can we say goodbye? But before we say goodbye, can you please just tell us what people can look for from you as the months, have, you know, the months into the season progress and beyond Stomper? Is there anything else you want people to know about you? Yeah, now that Stomper's in a pretty good spot, I'm going to be working on my other projection system. It's called the Tomy Projections, as in Jim Tomy. Uh, it stands for the Team Handicapping and Odds Modeling Engine. It's not fantasy baseball. It's baseball gambling. Um, Tomy was correct. Uh, oh, my God. What were the numbers? Like, out of the 30 MLB teams last year, Tomy correctly predicted which side of the Vegas team totals num- uh, a bet you should make, whether they went over or under a certain number. It was correct on 24 of the 30 teams. So that's an 80% number. Um, in 2019, it was correct on 20 out of 30. And in 2018, it was correct on 20 out of 30. So um, wow. it's a very reliable system that can make you a lot of money. So I am going to, I have not started the runs for that yet because it's more based on where players move to. So it's the, the more free agents that are sort of still out there, uh, the less reliable Tommy will be until they land somewhere. And we have some idea of, of how that's going to go. Um, and also most sports books aren't putting out um, the lines for those bets yet. So it doesn't make a ton mm-hmm. of sense yet, but I'm working on that. And uh, that'll be at tomyprojections.com And of course, stomperprojections.com for that. I'm going to keep trying to add some fun stuff to Stomper, um, some new tools and things to the front end and, uh, and look into quality starts. Cause maybe, maybe there's something to fix there. I don't know. <laughs> He, this is the kind of guy you want to follow and pay attention to. He learns. Well, thank you. He's like, hey, <laughs> I may have learned something today. I'm going to apply that to my process. That's the kind of people we want to be in business with. That's why Steve Paolo is hes a good egg. He's a good dude. He's a fine American. He's an even better Californian. And we're really grateful that he came on and spent some time with us. Let's have you back soon, man. Let's, uh, let's talk about some more projections and talk more about what we can expect when the season's underway. And even we'll talk about your Oakland A's and how great they are. I sure hope so. Yeah, anytime, man. Yes. Thank you so much, Steve. This has been another wonderful episode of the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Don't forget Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Palazzo Podcast on Twitter, two L's, two Z's. And we really, really appreciate all the wonderful community support everyone's been giving us. Thanks to Steve Paolo. Please follow him at Steve Paolo on Twitter. It's very simple. S-T-E-V-E-P-A-U-L-O. <laughs> I was it's doing Portuguese, it not Italian. It's Portuguese, not Italian. That's why it's a you, not a no. So, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Steve's, I, I I don't want to make it sound like I'm really kissing his ass, but uh, it's just the truth. I'm a big believer in what you do. So thanks Thank to Steve. So thanks to everybody who said such nice things. If I didn't mention you by name today for all the wonderful things people said over the weekend, the last week or so about the show, Triple Play Guys, I don't know. Everyone's just kissing us. They're kissing our butts, and it's so nice, and we would kiss your butts right back. So thank you for your time and energy and we'll catch you guys on the next show God thank you so much
Right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you. And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. <laughs> and we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. <laughs> Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.